All right, check, check. Let's see a mic check. Everybody got mic checks? Yeah. Checking the microphone. Check, check. And stuff. There you go. Okay, welcome, welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. Today, I got my, my brother from another mother, Ohio's finest, Mr. Derek Green. All Thank right. you for being here again, yeah, Derek. Yeah, I should start saying Ohio in your intro, right? Because you have so much Ohio pride. That's right. Clevo, two, most, two most of all. six. Yo, represent. Get, get it correct. Get it correct. Not 212. Yeah, I mean, you know, part of your life in New York. You get yeah. 212. You got that Manhattan. You need to get those tatted on you so you don't fuck up anymore. New York's hard, but Cleveland's also hard. Yes, yeah, you, you I got, agree. You, you got to rap Cleveland. <laughs> Hell yeah. That, that is the voice of Mr. Andrew Klein. Andrew, thank you for being here. Appreciate you, man. Andrew. Andrew Strife in the house. Thanks for having me. It's crazy we you know people like their last name is from their band. Yeah, and then you Andrew Strife. You never really call them their last name, but. People usually call you Andrew Strife or not? Uh, I mean, people that aren't like my homies, I guess. Yeah. So are we homies? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. want to say you're the, you're the best smelling person in the hardcore scene. Thank you. You wow. always you always smells good, it's looks a big good. Compliment. Yeah. What, do you have, you want to give away your secret? What you wear? Is it something special? <laughs> is it something special? It's is funny. Um, is it brute? The no. <laughs> it's uh, po- Polo Sport. No. <laughs> Dracar Noir. <laughs> no. Uh, it always, he always smells good. Yeah, I I, uh, I usually wear a, a cologne from Comme des Garçons, and I also have a very distinct hair product called a Tancho from Japan. Oh, kind of like this sandal. I think it's your hair then. Yeah, it's a combo, and, and and it's like I've used like the same products for a long time, so it works really well, man. You never smell bad, this guy. Yeah, and I tr- and I try to stay clean. So Game yeah, you're on. clean. You're a clean cat. Let's um, get on it. So nice welcome, smelly man in hardcore. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, wh- where were you born? You born out here? Nope. Yeah, where were you born? New York City, baby. Word. Holy crap! Couldn't yeah. find yeah. it online. Yeah. Manhattan. Yeah. Manhattan. Holy yeah. shit! You're East. You're New York hardcore. Yeah. I'm, uh, the <laughs> World Be Free. The original lineup was technically a New York hardcore band with Scott. Same Not course. from New York City, but Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah. Joe Garlop, Buffalo. Buffalo. Arthur, New York City. New York. Sammy, Sammy, New York, York City. And me, born in New York City. All right, uh, so how long are you there for after you were born? Oh, like barely. Months. <laughs> months. My my uh, my mom and, and dad were both born there. Uh, That's sick. Where were they born that. in uh, New York? Brooklyn and the Bronx. Yeah, the Bronx. Um, my grandparents Legit. on my mom's side were in Parkchester. Parkchester, yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, my my grandpa, he he was called the Birdman of Parkchester. He was this weird fellow that loved origami, mm-hmm. and so you know he's this jolly, chubby New York Jewish man that somehow picked up origami, and so he would make these cranes and <laughs> you know sick. that move and 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 frogs, and that was his thing. And, <laughs> and like he was known around the neighborhood, and there was actually like an article in the newspaper. Birdman of Parkchester. So, Holy shit! And, and, and any Parkchester natives listening, and you remember getting a origami from this jolly old man? That was my grandpa. That is amazing. I think he man. worked at Macy's. He was a, he was a, a a postman. Okay. And worked at Macy's. Yeah, I think there were shows in Parkchester, man, for sure. I have no idea. I think Willow Street was up there. I'm not sure with that. Wonder, you, you I you played Porches in New York. I have not. It's crazy when you think in New York. It's it's a, such a big place, but no, everything's just New York City. Or Buffalo or Syracuse or Albany. East New York. There were shows everywhere, for sure. No. So why California? So my, my parents moved here, I think, for work. My dad was a computer engineer. Nice. Um, and so I think at one point they had driven cross-country on a motorcycle with my dad, my mom, and their dog. 
wow. uh, which was a uh, maybe an Irish Greyhound. Wow. Um, so they drove cross country on a motorcycle. <laughs> um, they 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 lived an interesting life. They're kind of um, super well educated. My dad yeah. was like borderline genius. Wow. Um, started college when he was sixteen. Um, and I think he went to Columbia. My mom went to Cornell. Um, bro. And then, um, but they were kind of like hippies, right? Okay. So they were like totally doing their own thing. Hence the traveling cross country on a yeah. motorcycle. Right. Um, and then he was a computer engineer. He helped, he worked for a company and he helped develop like the first laser printer. Wow. Um, and you know, as kids, he was always all the military, um, companies were trying to recruit him because yeah. he was such a smart engineer and that went against everything he stood for. Yep. Uh, so he could have been super rich working on a military contract and instead, you know, he actually, he ended up working, um, starting his own company um, called, well, he worked at a place called Data Products that was in Woodland Hills and then he started a company called Golem Systems, which... To be honest, I, I don't really know what they were yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. Some sort of go, go, golem system. Yeah, so I was golem thinking, sick. Yeah. Golem. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any siblings? <laughs> I do. I do. I, I have a a brother and a sister. My brother, um, both very smart. My brother yeah. is a, has a PhD. He's a marine biologist. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. He currently lives in Panama and works for the Smithsonian. Jesus, dude. Yeah. And then my sister... Um, She's an administrator for the, she lives in San Francisco. She's an administrator for the school system and she has a master's in teaching, but also potentially going to get her PhD as well. Wow, man. And I'm, I'm really encouraging her to get her PhD just so we could rub it in my brother's face. He likes to be like, oh, Dr. Klein, Dr. Klein. And so my sister will be the real Dr. Klein. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Damn. So, so Wow. It's so crazy to meet people from the hardcore scene, don't really know their history, and so many different backgrounds on this podcast. You find out, like, holy, it's crazy, mm -hmm. man. Yeah, yeah. Are you close with your siblings? Yes, yeah, very close. I talk to my sister weekly. Um, my brother, I, I'm very close with my brother, but he's not. He doesn't like to communicate as much as the other people. I don't know. I don't mm -hmm. know what his deal is, so we, mm. always, give, we always give him a hard time. Um, that he <laughs> doesn't cool. stay in touch as much. Um, is he older? Yeah, I'm the youngest. Okay, yeah. okay. He's, he's about two years older. Um, and, you know, n neither of them, like, grew up in hardcore. Yeah. You know, but, like, you know, for instance, my brother has gone to hardcore shows, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. And he's lived all over the world. So, like, when he, he was living in Australia, he went and saw, like, Gorilla Biscuits in Australia. That's cool. And he saw Terror and hung out with Is Terror. that through your influence? Yeah. It's cool. Younger brother getting him into it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and then my, you know, my sister was like, she's about seven years older, so she was like super into like new wave music and dance music. She had like the big puffy bangs Sick. like back in the eighties. Yeah, and she was super into like Prince, and you know, she so she was doing her own thing. But also, we were very like musical family, right? Yeah, like yeah everybody yeah. was into music. My dad had thousands of records. He had a huge record collection. Um, he didn't play instruments but he was like we could listen to you know we used to 
drive a lot. So we'd be driving to Venice Beach on a Sunday to go hang out and my my dad would be listening to jazz on the radio and he he could tell you who was playing. He's like, awesome. oh, that's that's Max Roach on the drums and this is Damn. whoever on the bass and this is on the trumpet. Like, So you have to have like a very special ear, I think, totally. to yeah. be able to do that. Yeah. Um, especially like the instruments. It's not like, oh, this is right. this singer, right? It's like, this. these are the players. And he was like super into jazz and rock and yeah so we're wow. we're exposed to music like at a very early age yeah so were they strict like as far as school wise did you do good in school were they strict on grades and stuff like that or you just you smart I, I i did good in school yeah I, I was in you know honors and ap classes and nice um you know my brother was the valid valedictorian at our school you know what i mean Damn. so my parents weren't strict but also like it kind of came easy to us uh, everybody know. set the bar in the house though like each your brother and sister right like well, my sister, I think my sister did okay. Again, she's seven years older. So oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. I, I don't know. I would assume she did okay in school, but she was like, if any of us was the wild one, like that was my sister, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but she did, you know, she did graduate. She moved and went to college, so she must have done decent in school. But like, yeah, school was one of those things I was like, it was fairly easy. Um, you know, I remember I had a, a, a term paper due in 10th grade and um i was filling in for that band resurrection oh yeah, yeah. um i was filling it on bass and and we the night before we played uh kxlu radio so this maybe it was like a sunday night and i'm i'm up late like we had just done a, a little west coast tour i just barely learned their songs on bass <laughs> and then we're playing on the radio and i remember like kind of like cramming in the cliff notes of like King Lear for for my term <laughs> paper that was going to be the next day and I wrote some some weird term paper that that kind of like compared Star Wars to King Lear's some bullshit wow. some bullshit that you know pulled <laughs> off the top of my head and somehow worked you know wow um so damn so you you were playing the bands early young like you started young like yeah, you school, yeah yeah I mean Strife started I was 14 years old Wow, wow, man! Yeah. What was your introduction into yeah, the whole hardcore you to scene? It. Yeah, so um, we had. I've t you do these podcasts, you end up saying a lot of things right. multiple times. So I hear. You. Forgive me if you hear heard this one before, right? <laughs> you heard it first, only here on yeah. this podcast. But I'll give you an exclusive somewhere, <laughs> somewhere down the line. <laughs> you'll get you'll get the one life uh, one life <laughs> exclusive. But um. So we, we had this older friend, a uh, close friend of my family. Like, So it was crazy. So at one point, I said my parents were hippies. They lived in uh, Ibiza, Spain wow. as an island. It wasn't like the party island you know it now. But it, it was this crazy island. There was no electricity. And they had their, their close friends living there um, with them. So they've been friends with them. You know, this was probably like, I don't know, 60s or something. Right. Um, Sick. And so they had been close friends with the, this artist couple um, and they lived in Spain, then they lived in New York, and then this family moved to Santa Barbara. So super close to um, my family our entire life growing up. They had a son that was a few years older than my brother, so maybe like five years older than me. Um, Santa Barbara is like a college town, yeah. so they had college radio. Um, and he, he, was, he was into punk a little bit and, and, and music, but he used to tape the um, uh, college radio up there from from UC Santa Barbara. And I remember going over to his house uh, 
as a little, little kid, like, I don't even know, could have been eight years old. Like, wow. And he had a tape of the song, Goddamn Motherfucking Son of a Bitch by Bad Posture. That was on one of the uh, Quiet on the Western Front comps. Okay. And that was like the per- first punk song I heard. And I didn't know what it was. Yeah. But it was like, as an eight or nine year old kid, it's hilarious. Like, yeah. <laughs> Goddamn motherfucking son of a bitch. Like that's basically the yeah, entire yeah. lyrics of the song. I can't move. I can't twitch. Goddamn motherfucking son of a bitch. <laughs> so like we thought it was hilarious. Uh, that was kind of like my first introduction. There was probably a few other um, suicidal. I saw your mommy again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. It, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it, it was almost like a like weird owl. Like in yeah. a way, like, yeah. like I can't believe there's a song that says this. I don't know what it is. Like, um, you know, you don't really know what, what punk is, um, yeah. but you hear these songs and they, they resonate cause it's, there's some sort of humor, whether, totally. whether they, it's intended or not. You're curious. Like, what is this? Yeah. 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 Um, and then later, you know, it was kind of the progression was like third grade. I was into break dancing, right? Probably, nice. probably everyone was. So like, yeah. I showed up to school in the parachute pants. I, I think I got from my friend in Santa Barbara and some weird like <laughs> shirt with a zipper. And, you know, I'm into breaking. So like everyone's break dancing. Um, I was never very good. Uh, Sid from Strife, however, excellent break dancer. Wow. I'm sure yeah. he was. Excellent break dancer. Wow. He, 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 we were from the suburbs. <laughs> we grew up in Thousand Oaks. Sid was from Riverside, so a little more uh, on the, of the hood. Yeah, yeah, a little more of the hood. So he was getting top. Yeah, he was getting top by the real break dancers. You know, we were, we were watching, you know, whatever. whatever. Soul Train. What, what year were you born? I was born in 75. Okay. Yeah, I was born in 75. So break dancing. Um, then I got really into like Run DMC and the Beastie Boys. Sick. Um, so I was like fourth, fifth grade. Damn, um, super. What about skateboarding too? Is that in the mix too? Yeah. And then skateboarding, right? So like um, once I get into skateboarding, you pick up a Thrasher magazine, then it's just like punk rocks in front of you. Right? Skate rock, Hardcore, all that. All, all of it. So like, like um, sixth grade, I buy my first tapes on my own and it was Depeche Mode, A Broken Frame and Corrosion of Conformity, yes. Technocracy. Sick. So like- wow. Okay. That was like my first. These were my tapes. Um, there's another kid in my school who's into into punk music, and you know, basically at that point on, it's just like, okay, anything you see in Thrasher or anything with a logo you recognize from a skateboard, yeah. like you're trying to find it. Um, yeah. There was no cool underground record stores. No. We're in a very small suburb, so it was like you go to Music Plus, you go to Warehouse, you look at the shelves at that time tapes were the the format yeah. cds were just like coming out so it was just like oh minor threat i i know this i'm, I'm getting minor threat seven seconds black flag circle jerk suicidal like kind of starter pack right yeah but great great yeah. and and there was no listening station no. there was no computer to be like oh i'm gonna check this out so it's just like oh, i'm saving up and you know you might get burned i got burnt i got burnt <laughs> So infamous burn for me was I was like, oh, social distortion. This is the punk band. I'm going to spend my six ninety nine on this brand new social distortion. But it's prison bound. Oh, the different one. Oh, it was like country. I don't know what it was. Oh, I'm prison bound. Yeah. I I didn't get that far. That thing went out. That thing went. Well, now. Now. But as a like, imagine being like 14 year old, 13 year old. And you, you wanted 
you wanted some punk. I bought the wrong aggressive tape. shit. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I bought the wrong tape. Um, so I was upset. <laughs> you know, I was upset. You can't really skate to Prison Bound either. In that, no, that's true. It's no. a great record when you put them all together. I know what he's saying. Like but like, D, you know, DRI crossover. Uh, you know, all, all, Dead all Kennedys. This, Dead Ke- of course, Dead Kennedys. All, all the kind of starter pack. But it was it was the stuff that was like uh, had the good distribution, right? Yeah. Like so, it's it like it wasn't on major labels, but like you could go into a mainstream store and and pick it up. And you know, when once you kind of find those few bands and you're kind of like hooked you're like oh yeah i'm getting into this um so that was kind of like my first experience uh seventh grade we kind of had this little skate crew we'd skate to school every day and um what was it called we didn't really have a we didn't really have a name uh for the crew it was just like a group of friends uh you know but but eventually we kind of like started getting into like spray painting and graffiti because that's what you do when you're a kid right totally so like you know we'd skate to school um and then we'd have a little you know we'd spray paint or whatever spray um, paint the walls and, and, and my first spray paint name was my, my graffiti name was named after it was farce and that was named after a song off that corrosion tape which is milking the sick farce wow um so I was a big COC Damn, fan. COC inspired fan. some graffiti stuff. That's crazy. There you man. go. We were into Excel. Excel. Um, that was huge for us. Beowulf was that a band? Back? Yeah, Beowulf. Yeah, um, yeah. We were we were into all that Descendants. We love Descendants. Um, so he, my my buddy and our skate crew. He had an older brother. Um, so he kind of had some col- uh, tape collection from him. Yeah. Um, which was kind of like the Descendants. We were really into the Freeze. Ooh. Um, when I was in sixth grade, my parents divorced, and so they okay. had two houses. Oh man! One house, the next door neighbor was this older punker dude um, named Jason Palermo, and he was like, I would say he's probably like eight years older than me, um, but sick record collection. Okay. So he had every every punk record, every hardcore record, two tone ska, Damn. reggae jazz whatever he had it so i'd go to his house and i'm like okay i'm gonna borrow like five records at a time and he's like cool here's original press of like af victim in pain fu's here's the negative approach album like you know and i'd borrow like five records at a time bring them home to my mom's house double mom on cassette and i used to do this funny (laughs) thing you know, I was, I was like, again, I was 14. So I'd do this funny thing. I'd pretend like I was a radio radio announcer. Did the same thing. Did you? Yes, totally. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'd be like, I'd be like, and I had this little girl voice. I still have the tapes at home. Wow, and I'd that's like, amazing. This is Agnostic Front with Victim in Pain. Up next is the FUs with My America, right? And it was just like, I, I would announce this. Thing. I, I don't know why, that's but I guess you could just record on the, the thing. I had a little. Yeah. So, so I do that. Wow. I still have them. Okay. And I, I would draw the covers, right? So I do like, I have like my hand drawn version of like Crumb Sucker, Life of Dreams, and, yeah. and the Bad Religion, <laughs> How Can Hell Be Any Worse? And sometimes I, you know, I I take liberties the artwork, so it'd be like, you know, <laughs> graveyard with a hand popping out of it or whatever. But I, I still have some of this stuff. And it's amazing. I I would. One time we were skating, I found this box of tapes, um, and it, I guess they were like self help, self help. help tapes. Yeah. And it was called "The Porch Lights On, But Nobody's Home," and. <laughs> I found like a hundred of these. So like everything I dubbed was over a porch lights on, but nobody's home cassette. Oh my God. Yeah. So I, I, I have a bunch of tapes, but 
so anyway, he had amazing record collection. He would uh, let me borrow them all the time. Um, and everything, you know, uh, like I said, AF, Youth of the Day. He was like friends, like one of his buddies, like was was friends with uh, Operation Ivy or whatever. Wow. So we got into Operation Ivy like almost in real time, which was cool. Dang. You know, Fugazi. Um, and he played drums. So okay. he was in this really cool... Um, kind of like garage punk band um called scratch bongo wax okay uh weird name you can actually find them online it's actually it's cool like i listened to it recently i'm like actually this is a, it's a really good band okay um and you know we were into skateboarding we were into bmxing and you know he was older we ended up actually he ended up driving me had a really cool like yellow uh 70s ford nova and he ended up taking me to a couple shows uh which was cool like i think I was getting into hardcore as he was kind of like getting out of it. Okay. So there wasn't like that much he was into, but I remember he took me to the anti-club to go see, uh, neurosis. Uh, it was neurosis, no effects and Jughead's revenge. And it was neurosis. Um, right when word is law came out. Okay. Um, and it could have been like the last time they probably played pain of mind live. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, like it was, they, they changed very quickly yeah, after yeah. that. And I remember like they played pain of mind last and everyone was going crazy. Cause that was such a great record. Yeah. Um, and I think they were kind of like, Oh, we're not into this style anymore. Right. You know, they were like mm -hmm. progressing quick. What's it? Souls at zero. Where that was, was after after. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So pain of mind's the first album, um, which is kind of like almost like crusty, I have uh, to go back and listen. It's awesome. Because I, uh, I love Souls at Zero. It, like, it's nothing like this. Wow. And, and then Word okay. is Law is almost like technocracy, COC style. Like Got they're it. getting more technical, um, but it's kind of like a COC vibe. Right. And then they just get like yeah. their own thing. Yeah. You know, they become their own band. But um, what, year the, that, what year was that? I, I would guess I was probably like 1990. Okay. So, um, again 14 years old um so my first show so i started going to shows i started high school um i guess the year was probably like 89 and 90 and and so there yeah. was a kid um that was a little bit older than me um named jeff moore who was um he was great older and he was into punk and hardcore he was straight edge actually so i showed up to school and he's like oh you're into hardcore like check this out and you know again just borrowing cds i, I think like that Youth of Today Bold, you know, it was a split CD when yeah. it first came out. Like, I think I got that from him and and, and dubbed both of those. And Were you already, did you know what Straight Edge was at that point or no? Not exactly. You know, obviously, like, I had Minor Threat and, you yeah. know, I, I had some stuff, you know, Seven Seconds, whatever. I had yeah. some stuff, but not really. Ninth grade was when I really discovered what Straight Edge was. And I was, at that time, I was Straight Edge without knowing what it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was just like, oh, check out. You know, check out Youth Today, check out Bold. Uh, he was friends with um, this band called Social Justice, who, who they became Downset. Oh, But they wow. sounded like instead meets like ill repute. It was really cool. Um, they were a straight edge band at the time. They were playing shows at the country club with like Uniform Choice and Slapshot. So they yeah. were like an active semi-local band. Um, yeah. So he was friends with them. And, you know, at that point, it was like, oh, there's a show. He he had already gone to shows. You know, he's a year older than me. So he's like, oh, there's a show at the country club. 
And so my first show was The Circle Jerks, 1990, and it was Circle Jerks, No Effects on SNM Airlines, and uh, Neurosis. It's a great one, man. Yeah. It's a great amazing. first one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Am- amazing. And, and, you know, in that year, I saw Circle Jerks twice, um, which was awesome. That was like, you know. Was that a wonderful era? Tell me what album that was in 90. I think it was uh, four. Sure. Four. It was four. Yeah. yeah was four. I think yeah, it was yeah. four. That's right. Um, and I believe they had a live record that came out after yeah. that, that they recorded uh, songs at that at one of those country club shows. Oh, that's cool. So that was yeah, that was cool. W- was your mom or was your parents tripping on the music you listened to, or I don't think they cared. They were like, uh, they were like into music, especially my dad. So like, I don't think he paid. I I, I don't think he cared. Okay. I, I I think there's a few instances like okay, I'll tell you. We used, like I said, we used to drive in his car a lot, and and I remember like he wouldn't be like, oh, why don't you play the Circle Jerks, and we're gonna listen to this on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon, right? So like I had a little trick, and I would like record only the Bad Brains reggae songs on a tape, and then I'd be like, oh, cool, we're gonna listen to this. It was cool with that, you know. Wow. So man. like I yeah I have a tape that's just the the Bad Brains reggae songs, and and that that was Your dad the way liked I, it. I cheat the system, right? right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I cheat the system. Um, Holy shit. Yeah, so there were little things like that. Um, but yeah, once we started, once I went to my first show, it was at the Country Club, you know, sold out Circle Jerk show. Um, it was like, I was hooked. And there was a few shows. I remember um, Bad Brains was here with uh, Leeway and Sick of It All I remember on that Quickness Tour. tour. Yeah, and that could have been my first show, but I couldn't convince my sister to drive us. Okay. You know, like that's the thing when you're 14, yeah. most yeah. your friends don't drive either. So it's like my friend Jeff, he'd convince his brother to drive us or his sister to drive us. Or we had this other friend, Todd. It's funny. So we had this friend named Todd Tyler uh, who's super into punk and hardcore now. And at the at that time, he wasn't into like straight edge hardcore. It was so weird. He, we skated with him. Um, but like. I know we convinced him to like drive us to see Judge at the Country Club and <laughs> drive us to see Gorilla Biscuits. And he went to these shows not as a fan of those bands, but just like a kid that wanted to mosh. Right. And That's now cool. he's like, oh, dude, I'm so glad you like forced me to go take you guys to these shows. Right. It's awesome. Because um, now, like, you know, he's into all those bands and he ended up playing in bands. Um, yeah. But we would just like anybody that we could find that was like kind of into. It. I know like really weird. Jeff worked at this this video store um, that did like they saw they rented videos and, and video games and somebody that worked there it was like this weird older dude that he was into punk he had some punk tattoos but he was like a male porn star like I don't even remember his name that dude took us to some shows like wow like just some random some <laughs> some some you know again like Jeff knew this dude okay we're going you know he took yeah. us to some shows it was it was cool. Um, I probably, if I had kids now, I probably wouldn't let them do that. Uh, I might. Absolutely not. It's just yeah. crazy how, like, <laughs> like I was outside that young going to shows. You were too. And how somehow, our, our, maybe we had a good, our relationship with our parents. They trust us to go to oh, these crazy, true. violent yeah. looking yeah. slam dancing shows yeah. with a bunch of crazy punk rockers. And think know. about this. There was no cell phone. You weren't checking in with no. your parents. Like they couldn't no. like track your location or mm. check in on you. It's just like, cool, I'm going. To, and I'm sure a lot of that was like, hey, I'm sleeping over at, you know, this guy's yeah. house. And, you know, that kind of move, you know. But still, just almost every person I've spoken to about growing up in this world. Their parents were so cool about them going, especially if they, they weren't partying. They knew they were going to go there and skate or a slam dance or 
they weren't drinking this shit. Their parents, okay, go have fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do remember my my dad got really really upset at me one time. Um, my dad was totally cool with. Hold on. Yeah, my dad was totally cool with mostly anything I I did, but. One time I went, my my friend Stacy, she's a couple years, you know, Stacy yep. Gucci. She's a few years old. Stage Dive Stacy, what up? Stage Dive Stacy, she's great. Uh, grew up with her, and uh, she was part of our crew. Um, she was from a town over. She was from Moore Park. We're from Thousand Oaks. Uh, and again, she's three or so years older than me, four. Uh, but she had a car, so mm-hmm. awesome. E- even better. <laughs> um, so she drove us to see uh, Chain of Strength way out in Riverside at Fairmont Park. It was Chain of Strength. It was a crazy lineup. Ill Repute. Damn. White Caps. Voodoo Glow Skulls. It was like a weird mixed bill. And uh, so we go to the show, and it's about, you know, two, three-hour drive from from where we were. There Again, no cell phones. None of that shit. Um, and so we, we went to the show. It was this all-day thing. Uh, we hung out with Chain of Strength after. We, that's actually when we met those guys, uh, became friends with them. I interviewed Chain of Strength for my first fanzine that night. Wow. Yeah, I did this. Uh, my very first fanzine, it was called Word to Your Mother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I only did one issue, and it was... Uh, Shout to MC Hammer. That's, <laughs> no. Word to Your Mother. Word to Your Mother. V-Ice. Oh, yeah. V-Ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Uh and so it was my That's first old school shit. Yeah. yeah, my first my first zine was Chain of Strength, Born Against, and Resurrection. So what I, a sick mix. Yeah, yeah, and and that was the thing. We were into everything, and I could tell by everything you're naming all the bands he's naming. It's just like it's not just Straight Edge or Skate. It's everything. No, we, and and Duran Duran to Coc. Yeah, oh, yeah that yeah. was the whole that was I love the, it. the whole vibe. And so I interviewed them for my first zine. I I interviewed Alex from Chain, who was a band called Statue, yeah, who ended up band. being. That interview came out in a different zine I did. But so anyway, so we ended up hanging out. I think I got home at like four in the morning. I was probably, I don't know, 14, 15. Wow. Maybe five in the morning. I don't know. My dad was pissed. And he was like, he's like, you didn't check in with me. I'm like, yeah, it would have cost me, you know, two dollars to call you from the payphone. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what do you want me to do? And call you and say I'm gonna be late. It's like I don't I don't have two dollars. And if I did, I was gonna buy my Taco Bell on the way home. And and he was like, you know, I was I was worried. I called the police. I thought you got a car accident. I was like, Damn. okay, I, I get it. I saw I'm sorry. I won't I won't do that again. But that was really the only time he ever got uh, he ever got mad. Yeah, you, you mentioned playing bass in a band earlier when did you start playing music like guitar and stuff too like so like and what inspired that okay so as i mentioned like kind of came from a musical family yeah right? of course. so like i played piano as like a young kid Sick. I, I don't even know how old i was i remember taking piano lessons and being able to read music uh that's awesome we all loved the beatles i had a Beatles songbook, and i could read you know read yes. music play these Beatles songs uh so that's kind of like my first instrument that's then cool. i played the uh the trumpet and again, read music was in marching band. Um, I quickly realized trumpet wasn't cool. Ska <laughs> hadn't hadn't you know made the big resurgence yet. Yeah. Uh, I could have been in a huge ska band if I kept it up. You know what I mean? You might even see me on tour with Less Than Jake. Or a real something. big fish. Or You'd something, be calling yeah. me uh, Andrew Less Than Jake or Less Than <laughs> Andrew or something. Less than you Andrew. know? Yeah. But um, I was like, man, this ain't cool. So then I was like, oh, it's cool. I'm going to be in the drum line. So then oh. I I played the timpanis, you know, Georgia yeah. the Jungle. Boom, boom, boom. 
boom, boom. Yeah. So wow. that was, yeah. So I, I did that. And then I'm like, nah, this ain't cool either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I had the little skate crew and we had this imaginary band and they're like, okay, my friend Mike's like, I'm the singer. My other friend Mike was the guitar player. I don't know who was playing drums. They're like, Andrew, you're playing bass. And I'm like, nope, I got a guitar. <laughs> so I got this like, my first guitar, I don't even know what brand, you know, the, the cheapest one you can get on the wall at the local music store. Yeah. It had, um, it was, it was kind of shaped like, uh, like a regular kind of fender shape, but it was black with green lightning bolts all over okay. it. Okay. Oh, um, hell yeah. Yeah, with Same. a whammy bar. And so that was like my first guitar. Um, and um, we never started this band, but as I was borrowing these records from my neighbor, I was like, oh, I'm going to figure out how to play these songs. So, like, I sat down one day and figured out how to play all of, like, Bad Religion, How Can Hell It Be Any Worse. Nice. Figured that whole thing out. Figured out instead, Bonds of Friendship. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, and then quickly, um, I met, um, I, growing up my mom's, there was a little area we'd all go skate. Uh, one of my good friends from our, my crew, he, he had a new next door neighbor that just moved from Riverside. That was Sid, who became the drummer from Strife. Wow. So Sid, about three years older, uh, he already played drums in a punk band. He was in this band called SDI, which is Society Defeated by Ignorance. They were kind of like a sick, kind of like a like a DRI kind of yeah. kind of thrash band. But but they they played Spanky's Cafe with uh, Agnostic Front, for instance. Nice. They played Fairmont Park with Youth of Today, like. They, so they were already playing shows cool. and he, you know, at that time he was already a good drummer. So I was skating with my buddy, Jesse, um, which you, he used to be part of the strife crew, real call, tall mm. guy. They, the Brazilians call him Pauli Tao. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 He, yeah. he passed away. He passed away. Really? Yeah. Years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. You probably knew. Um, but anyway, Pauli Tao, uh, our buddy Jesse. Um, and so he was like, Good friend of ours, Sid was his next door neighbor. That's how I met Sid. Sid came out, oh, you're into skating, I'm into too. You're into <laughs> punk, I am too. Here, check this out. He hands me a VHS tape. It's the Minor Threat, uh, live at Buff Hall. He's like, check this out. And, you know, from then, like, he was older and we started going to shows together in instantly. He didn't drive either, so I don't know who was driving us at that time. <laughs> somebody, somebody was driving us. Um, but we met Rick in line we were we were in line to see uh mdc and bad religion wow and great show and i don't i don't know I, I remember i had these big ass like army combat boots they weren't like doc martens yeah you, you know <laughs> they're like these 20 dollars combat boots and sid had like the really cool like green doc martens he you know i i couldn't afford that and uh <laughs> i don't remember what shirts we were wearing but um we see this kid in line he's like oh where are you guys from whatever we probably had X's on our hands and Rick had X's. You're, you're straight edge. Like, yeah. yeah. He's like, me too. And we're like, cool. Where are you from? He's like, I'm from Moore park. Rick was older than us. Rick had a car. So it was like, boom, it's on. You're, wow. our, you're our, you're our homie. We, we used to, uh, so we used to hang out and skate at this, uh, ice cream store called sweethearts. So we'd be at sweethearts every day doing slappies on the curb. And you know, we had a whole crew <laughs> of kids and Rick would come from Moore park. He had a VW Carmen Ghia. Wow. Um, and if you're familiar with that car, it's a very small car. It was bigger than a bug, yeah. but barely. So he would show up and he's like, all right, we're going to Spanky's tonight. We're going to see Chain of Strength. Who's coming in the car? And we're like, 
everyone would like dive in like whoever could fit like a clown car yeah but but we you know he couldn't fit that many people so i was like there were shows i missed there were shows oh, our buddies wow. missed uh, eventually he graduated from the carmagia to a square back so the square back he could fit more people stacy started coming stacy was from moore park rick introduced yeah. us she started coming around she had a car um so then it was like oh cool you know there's not just one car there's two cars yeah now there's three cars um, and we would we would roll to every show like awesome. three cars packed with kids and from Thousand Oaks to at that time like Riverside because that, mm -hmm. that that was the place was the barn in Riverside too that venue it was okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah a it was spot that, that was at the uh, at the college so the Bill Fold he's put yeah. shows on out there yeah we we played many uh, nine was it 90, 96 posse ninety eight posse ninety eight posse was his pr production yeah, yeah yeah and we did actually the strife in this defiance record release show was at the barn uh bill fold put it on wow. it was strife hate breed um may have been their first west coast show uh despair yeah Scott vogel wow um and i believe our buddies in insurgents opened it um i believe they opened that one wow um insurgents became now the singers in a band called a wall nation which you may know okay yeah, huge yeah. huge pop band wow um, man yeah so like uh yeah, shout out Bill Fold. Yeah, we, man. We played a lot of his shows. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we kind of all all met and everyone was going to shows. Sid was already in a band. Rick was in a band called Monster Club, which was like, they started out being like Misfits influence, right? Mm -hmm. um, but he was into Straight Edge. Sid was Straight Edge. I was Straight Edge. So like, let's start a Straight Edge band, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so... Rick leaves his band. Monster Club becomes a band called Still Life, which was a really influential uh, early 90s emo band. They were on Evolution Records with like Downcast and okay. uh, um, really, really great band um, and very influential in that scene. Um, and we start a band called Stand Is One, which later becomes Strife. Wow. Stand so. Is One. So it was all straight edge band from the beginning, right? Yes. Standard well, one. okay. So it first starts. I'm not in the band. Oh, okay. It first oh. starts. It's 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 Sid and Rick, Rick's buddy uh, Scotty Collin, who's this little tiny uh, straight edge kid. He's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then Sid has his buddy that works at Toys R Us with him uh, <laughs> named Jim. And Jim's this metal guy, but he rips that guitar. Okay. He's just ripping metal guy. But he's like kind of a burnout. He's not showing up to practice. He he could rip a guitar, but he, right. he, yeah. if you're not showing up yeah. to practice, you're not committed. you're not making the cut. So right. they they um, they jammed a few times with him. They write one song. I think Rick actually brought the song in, but they did a song with him, and then he didn't make the cut. Mm -hmm. So like I show up at Sid's house. I think they were supposed to jam, and they're like, "Jim's not here." I'm like, "Fuck it, I'll play guitar." I had that that lightning bolt yeah. friggin' special <laughs> off the wall. Like I, I don't know what guitar I had then. Um, but I was like, fuck it, let's jam. So we set up in Sid's bedroom and you know, we start jamming these songs and I'm jumping off his bed and you know, we're just going crazy. And we ended up writing a few songs that became strife songs. Wow. Yeah. Man. And so like from that point on, you know, yes. Uh, they're like, you're in. Yeah. Have you written <laughs> songs before? Not really. Yeah. Yeah, not really. You know, it was interesting. Sid was very musical, even though he's a drummer. He couldn't play guitar, but he would like tell you what he would wanted. So he's like, do something like this. Do something yeah. like that. And, and we just kind of 
work that way. Um, and what were the influences at, at that point for Strife? You know, um, when we first started, you know, we were super into the New York hardcore stuff. Yeah. Um, so it was, a, it was like Sick of It All was probably our favorite band. Killing Time. Um, I would say Strife reminds me of really like a West Coast Judge vibe. Too. Judge, of course. But then like, and then, you know, there were still a few of the, uh, you know, like Chain of Strength was, was still a band. That was a band we'd see all the time. Yeah. And we love Chain of Strength. And we're like, we want to go off like Chain of Strength. And we want to sound like Judge and sick of it all. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what we want. And Chromax, like Sid and I, we we all of us, we all love the Chromax. Yeah. Sid saw them on the Best Wishes tour at the Country Club. I think Sick. it was uh, Chromax instead Destruction tour, right? Um, so we're like, that's our vibe. But we want the energy of a band like Chain of Strength, like you know. So that was kind of it, like this heavier music for a West coast band. Yeah. But like that energy. And it was at a time, like all of our favorite bands from the, the mid to late eighties were, were breaking up. Like we got to see gorilla biscuits. We got to see judge. We got to see chain of strength, but probably the last time they were ever yeah. on the West coast. And then the only bands that kind of were, were making it through from that era were band like sick of it all. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was like, probably why sick of all was our favorite band it was like oh we could see them they're gonna be on tour right so i think the first time we saw sick of it all for me i missed i had tickets for uh east meets west which was sick of it all i'm so bummed i missed. i was this. out there with my sick thing. of it all killing time vision what year was that 90 or 90, 90. yeah yeah 90 um Carry on, those uh, 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 Carry Nation, Carry Nation, Carry yeah, Nation, yeah. and this band called Point Blank. And I had tickets, but we were on vacation in in friggin' Lake Tahoe. Damn. And I was like, we gotta come back to this because there was that <laughs> show. And then a few weekends later, or maybe the next weekend was Seven Seconds um, at the Country Club as well. So wow. I was like, oh, we gotta go. I gotta see this. I miss this. So I I never. Up until recently, got to see Killing Time. Yeah. Um, I saw Vision in the 90s. But, you know, I mean, like, that would have been the time, you know, and I yeah. missed them on that other, on the Leeway Bad Brain. So um, I didn't get to see them until they toured with Biohazard and Fear Factory, which okay. was insane. Sick one, too. Yeah. Um, and we went to every show. On the, we went to Santa Barbara, and we went to Riverside. And, yeah, we went to every show that we could. Uh, and we're actually, we loved Sick of It All, but we were also really blown away by Biohazard. Mm-hmm. Like seeing them live at that time, they yeah. were just like on point on another level. And we're like, Ooh. was it Urban Discipline? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like, man, this is sick. Um, so if you actually listen to our first album, To One Truth, you could definitely hear the Biohazard influence, <laughs> um, right? Um, you could probably hear the sick of it all and the Judge, but you know, Biohazard was definitely influenced, which is why we had like Biohazard and Sick of All is why we had those. Big gang vocals for sure. Yeah. Was there an EP before that though? Yeah, we had two seven, two seven inches before that. Um, My fire burns on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we, um, yeah, the LP came out in maybe the end of ninety four. Yeah, ninety four. Yeah. And what what will remain was like the, that's that's a big one, man. That's a big song. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So we start the band right, and we had, like I said, we have this whole crew from the suburbs, and so we'd play a show. And it'd be like, oh, you're playing this random show on a Tuesday night at Spakey's Cafe. And there'd be like 30 carloads, uh, 30 kids, like, right? Five carloads, 30 kids from Thousand Oaks. And they would go crazy from the first band to last 
to the last band. Yeah. And, and so they're like, Oh, I'm going to book strife again. Like, you know, so that really, that's awesome. really helped. Um, you know, cause I think originally like we weren't tapped in and it was like, OC hardcore was the dominant hardcore. We didn't know those kids. And I remember trying to get on like, uh, instead's last show and, and calling like we, we'd call up spankies and we knew he's at, we're like, Hey, we're trying to play. And you know, they're like, Oh, th- this band black spots opening we're like black spot. Who's that? Who are they? We don't know them, but they're like orange County slot crew dude. So of oh, course okay. they're going to get on the instead show yeah, and not yeah. us. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, well, you know, we're just going to keep, we're going to book our own shows. Like our first two shows we played, we booked ourselves. Like, uh, our first show, we're still stand as one. We booked at Rick's, uh, continuation high school um (laughs) it was a it was a ben it was an anti-vivisection uh benefit for last chance for animals i think it was like three dollars with a can of food right wow and it was outspoken uh downcast was supposed to play but they canceled stand is one and uh monster club rick's previous band played and then our next show we booked and it was it was in this little community center of a condo complex like community center like around the pool that you would rent for like a party so we rented this this was where state stage i safety lived peach hill country club uh in the middle of a condo complex (laughs) we we rented this room we we, we put the room on hold we rented a stage and a pa and and it was a chain of strength outspoken this band called solitude which was on new age they became drift again and it was stand as one and you know we booked this weird crazy show in the suburbs like i can't believe like chain of strength drove out yeah. you know and trust us to do do a show like that but it's awesome that's cool man. and and then uh you know we we met mike from new age records and we became friends and you know just networking as kids and i think mm-hmm. you know you had to do that too man there's no internet yeah and, all that stuff. and it was like i remember you know i was such a young kid i think people thought it was cute or something like cool like <laughs> look at this young little straight edge kid right like oh i'm gonna help out his band like you know i remember calling like zach from inside out like Hey, like we, we would talk on the phone and be like, Oh, when's your show? We want to play. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and, and I, and I would talk to people like, you know, the singer, of this band on conversion borderline. Like, like, I don't know why these, you know, they were older than me, like, but they talked yeah. as a little kid, but they thought it was, I think they thought it was cool. Like wow. we'd go to shows, we'd stage die, we'd go crazy. And, you know, I was a really little skinny kid. So, mm-hmm. and definitely the youngest at every show. Yeah. Um, so did you have a, a following once before One Truth came out? Yeah, yeah. So once we started playing, um, you know, we we definitely would would get get booked. Like we had our demo at Zed Records, right? Um, which was the cool the cool West Coast record store, yes. like legendary, and it did really well there. So so people that worked there were super helpful. Like Igby um, booked us on a lot of shows. He works at Rev. Caton from Hyrax, he was in a band uh, at the time, World Trust, and later um, House of Suffering. Super helpful for the band as well. He booked at this place, Toe Jam in Long Beach, yeah. that was very short-lived, but hosted some legendary shows. The last Inside, uh, Inside Out shows were there, and he got us on some shows. So I think once promoters realized, like, oh, we're going to put this band on, they're going to bring 30 kids, like, cool. They're, they're, they're on the, they're on the bill. Yeah. You know, and, and that was like based off our demo. Um, and then, you know, our first seven inch came out on new age. Um, our first tour, I, I guess was, um, I 
think with lifetime and up front, like first time, wow. um, lifetime on the West coast. And it was, you know, I say a tour, but it was like three shows or whatever, like <laughs> toe jam in long beach, playing a basement in San Diego. And then, um, and then Spanky's in Riverside. We did some shows with, uh, mouthpiece and resurrection. Uh, so we're becoming friends with kids on the East coast yeah. too, right? Mm-hmm. Through that new age connection. Um, and these were like our peers, but you know, the, the cool bands from, from the, um, from the East coast at that yeah. time. So we played like a kind of for us, legendary show in our first like real show at a real venue. And that was at the, uh, the Roxy nice. and it was, um, outspoken course of disapproval, mouthpiece, resurrection, uh, and strife. Sick. It's a great one. And, uh, packed house and it went yeah. crazy. Um, a lot of the record, uh, a lot of the photos on the back cover of one truth, were actually taken at from that, there at that show. And, and, and that was, I, th- I think it was new year's Eve of 91. And so we did that. And th- that, that show was like the 30th and new year's Eve in 91. We played the shake cafe with almost the same lineup. Yeah. Um, uh, with unbroken as well. Um, and then, so after that first show resurrection was here and I think the, one of the guys from mouthpiece was playing bass for resurrection and, it was his first time on tour and he played the the show at the Roxy and they just boned out. Like wow. went to the airport, disappeared and Resurrection was like, we don't have a bass player. What are we going to do? And I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I, wow. I knew, I knew their seven inch. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, learn the seven inch songs. And then there was like, you know, maybe a song that was on a comp and there's like, oh, there's two new songs. And they're like, just freestyle, just do whatever. <laughs> I'm like, you know? Freestyle. Yeah. Freestyle. So there's like literally two songs that I, just made it up Damn. It, yeah and my first show was at the shake cafe with them then we went up to gilman that was my first time at gilman i was probably um 15 years old we'd go up to crazy, gilman man. and it was crazy so here's a, a crazy story uh you guys might get it this might be an exclusive for you actually I like it. Let's get so it. this might be the exclusive you hear it so first. we play the show at gilman yeah i know Come right let's get sick, it. sick of these tired stories no, i love this man <laughs> no so we go up to gilman i'm like 15 years old and it's uh, outspoken resurrection and mouthpiece. It's like a very uh, sparse attendance, but you know it was a great show. Yeah. So we're in the parking lot. Gilman was sketchy then. It's not now. It, it's sketchy. Uh, they're loading up the van. I see this like kind of like punk looking dude on a bike, and he's like hanging out by the. I van. I know exactly who this is gonna be. Okay, okay, there you go. So he's yeah. So he's hanging out by the van. I'm like, this guy, like, this might be a little sketchy. Like, I'm just going to go over and say what's up. So, like, I don't know what this guy is. He eyeing the van. Is he going to jack yeah. us? I don't know what's going on. So I'm like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, hey. He's on a little BMX bike. I'm like, he's a cool show. I'm like, awesome. He's like, do you got any records to sell? I was like, yeah, I think we got some seven inches. And he's like, it was weird. He goes, he goes, oh, you're straight edge? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I am too. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? What, what's your name? He's like, I'm Lint. Um, Tim, Tim Armstrong. Tim Armstrong. Mm-hmm. So, so cool, he, he went to the show. He bought a record. It's amazing. Uh, I had loved Operation I- Ivy at the time. So I was like, oh shit, I know who you are, right? Yeah. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I got, a, I got a new band. I'm doing like, what's your address? I'll, I'll send you a tape. No it's called way. It's called Rancid. So he sends me the first wow. Rancid to my dad's house uh, on tape. Wow, when, dude. You know, it, it must have came out like right at that time. So he's like, oh, check this out. He sent me a tape. Um, that's amazing man yeah and it, and it was cool Tim's you know best. he was at the show and and it was crazy because i just played you know not just because of the pandemic but we, I, I played gilman 
Oh, snap. <laughs> you just sold work. the house. It's work. It is. <laughs> it's it's work. Go ahead. I put them on hold. So I just played Gilman and with you today, and my I, I play in a band called Berthold City, yep. and a guy comes, he got, and it's Tim's brother. He's working. Yeah, he's been he's, there for he's years. He's volunteering. Yeah. And so we're hanging out with him, and he's super cool. Um, so that was really cool to still, Amazing, still see Full like circle. him involved still and still the OG guy. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was really cool. Um, that's amazing, man. That is cool. Yeah. Wow. So, and, 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 and since then, you know, it's like Tim's always cool. Every time I see him, he, he's like, Andrew, what's up, man? Do you got any records? Like he's always, <laughs> he's always wanting records, which is, which he's is a awesome. crazy collection. I'm too, sure. Man. I'm sure. Like I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. It's like fill up this whole house. Damn, so One Truth comes out and you guys just start touring. and Yeah, is, so... Is that a big record when it first comes out, like a big response back then? Yeah, like leading up to it is it, huge. We do our yeah. first... Uh, so our first uh, kind of East Coast tour is 93. I'm still in high school. Um, what Will Remain just comes out on the Only the Strong comp. And Am I the Only One comes out on the It's For Life comp. So it's like, it's bubbling right there. Yeah. Like both those songs are kind of changing direction for us and coming our biggest songs and so we hit the east coast um and we're doing a little run with mouthpiece and we so we do uh boston at the cambridge church and it was a you know crazy lineup like strife mouthpiece i think endpoint rorschach dang uh, and then we play this kind of legendary um show at middlesex community college i believe yeah great and at that there. time it's like <clears throat> every it's like every modern hardcore straight edge hardcore band on the bill it's it's outspoken strife um four walls falling mouthpiece Damn. resurrection endpoint ashes um i think grip I, uh flag man it's, it's like literally bill, everyone man. on one bill and it's like that place was huge and it yeah. was packed it was like 800 kids wow and it was it was crazy um so we do that and you know our buddy, who we didn't know then, um, Scott Viscomi, he's going off during um, Am I the Only One? He gets knocked out in the middle of the song. <laughs> and, and so we stop the set. Like People are trying to revive him, and Whoa. they drag him off the stage. And he's like, don't stop playing. <laughs> don't stop playing. <laughs> so we start the end riff and, and wow. finish the song. And, and he ends up being like one of our best friends. He's like wow. one, one of my tight, tight friends and that was our like first introduction to him yeah that's which was incredible. cool and then we played syracuse and so you know that that's really where we meet all our east coast friends yeah um and we really see the band kind of bubbling into it's not just a local yeah. southern california band <clears throat> right um one truth comes out and sick of it all asked us to go on tour for um scratch the surface yep and i was on that and i saw i was gonna say one of my first memories of really seeing you guys is <clears throat> i'm not gonna say you stole the show but maybe i will irving but plaza irving plaza I'm you're not you're not the only one i'm watching you're not I'm, the I'm, only I'm one on to the say that. i'm on the balcony watching these dudes and they destroy it it's the most insane show in new york city in sick of it all's hometown yeah it, I, I got goosebumps it was like goosebumps i was like holy this. shit bro Amazing show for us. Amazing show, and 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 no disrespect, sick of it all. No, but 
No. You, that, that could have been your headlining show in New York. Yeah. I'm just wow. gonna say and, and that was like... So keep it a buck. I'm going to keep it 100. Yeah. And that was like our first our first time in New York City. Really? Yeah. 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 Bro. That, was our, that was our first time in New York City. I can't imagine when we went back there and headlined after Yeah. That. It was crazy. It, and it was insane, dude. Do you remember who else played? Was, was Sub-Zero on the bill? All, all I know about is you guys, yeah. bro. Yeah. But, you know... That's all I remember is that show is your set. But so... Seriously. A record comes out and... I, we maybe we got a fax. I don't know how we right. even heard about this sick of it all tour, but so, somehow they find us. Stormy like, faxed you. Yeah, yeah I, I I think so. You get a letter in the mail. A- yeah. And so like, we're doing a tour and we just can't believe it. Sick of it all is our favorite our yeah. favorite band. Right. Like what a tour? Yes, we're going absolutely. Yeah. North America. Dream. Yeah, yeah. And so we do that tour. Our record isn't even quite out yet. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, comes out. On the tour, I believe. And there's no way the mm-hmm. internet's leaking at that point. No, right? no, 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 no. That's perfect. Yeah. and It's word of mouth, man. Yeah, and it's incredible. And then we follow it up with our first time in Europe. We're sick of it all. Oh, Damn. so they brought yeah. you with them. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Sick of it all and Rikers Tribe. Wow. Castle Crew. Yeah, Rikers, man. Yeah. Shout out to Rikers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like a guys. dream for you guys, man. Oh, That's insane. Insane. And, and you know, it's like <clears throat> you start a band and it's just like, oh, I want to play a show or... I want to record a demo and right. oh, I want to do a seven inch. And, you know, we did seven inch on new age, which at that time was, was our shit. favorite. It was the shit. Yeah. 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 I like, totally. oh, can't believe we're on new age. Wait, we're doing a U.S. tour with our favorite band. Like unbelievable. We're going to Europe. Like, you know what I mean? Like I went to Europe right. and I was. Seven- How was the response in Europe? Like Insane. You, had no, you had no idea what to expect. Right? No idea what to expect. Damn. Yeah. So you- 17 years old. We play our first show. I, it's crazy. I met this kid. Um, the other day we did did a little pop up at the Revelation Records. Uh, they had this little uh, Halloween market. Yeah, and he's from Hamburg, and he goes, "I just want to tell you, I went to your show in Hamburg with Sick of It All tour, and it changed my life. You guys, uh, sorry, Sick of It All. He, this German you, you guy said we it. stole the show, and, right. I, and I apologize because I would, wrong. yeah." Yeah. But he's like that. You that just show, killed it. Yeah, he's like that show changed my life, and so that show I remember for two reasons. One, it was this crazy venue. It's our first show in Europe. It's this crazy venue. It's two levels, and the balcony goes all the way around it. I, I don't remember the name of the club, but you, I'm sure you played Probably there. Been there yeah. But kids were just going crazy, and they're jumping off the balcony, and you know, end of the show, everyone wants your guitar pick. It, it, People don't. Can I have a plectrum, yeah. please? People don't want that. In People Spanish. don't want that in the, sta- in the States. Yeah. And then autogram. Autogram. And it's yeah. just like, what? <laughs> like, you, you finish your set. You're trying to pack up your gear. And there's like a line of kids on stage. And we're like, what's going on here? Like, we weren't expecting so this. Man. So strange. Um, but it was our first time in Europe. We didn't know what to expect. I remember we, we landed in Europe. And none of us slept because why would you? It's like yeah. Christmas. You know, it's like, yeah. do you sleep before Christmas when you're a kid? No. So, like, <laughs> nobody slept. Nobody slept on a plane. I remember going, uh, arriving in, in Europe and being so tired. And so our, our our van, I don't think, was there yet. And we, we had to, like, get some blankets for us to sleep with, sleep with and stuff. And we had this, we had this crazy uh, camper, you know, those... Kind of like the camper where you yeah. two people would sleep yeah. above the driver, and then there was like some some bunks, kind of like a straight up like '90s camper. Yeah. Um. So we had to get some blankets, and I'm like, we're walking around Hamburg, and I'm falling asleep, and I'm falling asleep at the at the at the mall when they're trying to get these blankets. I we're just exhausted, and it was 
somebody friggin' cut one. Was this a dog? Oh, it's probably Damn. Dog. Probably dog, yeah. All right, she's sleeping. I'll, I'll, I'll let it pass. Damn. I tell you if it was me, I'd be proud. Yeah, Damn. I would definitely. Sorry, man. Woo. Woo. Damn, Stella. Well, you feed this thing. <laughs> Getting in those veggie You know what's crazy? I can't even smell it. You can you smell it? Oh, it's bad. Yeah, you can I can't even smell it, dude. That's I fucked. Well, that's how I know it's I'm the sorry. dog. I'm sorry. She, she, oh, it's all good. She's curled up. Tell us the mascot and she stinks curled, out the curled place. Curled up next to me, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we, 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 we play this show and, and um, it's our first show in Europe. It's crazy. And then we're like, okay, our next show's in Berlin. And oh, we get into our camper and we can't find Rick and we can't find Hartsfield. They somehow were like, oh, fuck your camper. We're going on the sick of it all bus. And they're playing chess. And wow. they're having this good old time. So it's me, Sid, and Todd. And we're going from Hamburg to Berlin overnight. Our driver falls asleep on the Autobahn. Oh. Holy shit. Flips. Full, oh. full flips. I awake. Me and Sid are above the driver in that little yeah, enclosed thing. That. And it's like slow motion. I swear to God, we're looking at each other and we're like flipping slowly. And all I'm thinking is I'm going to be stuck in like a sardine tin. We're going to be trapped in here. And we're we're slow motion rolling. The whole the whole thing gets thrashed. Right. Yeah. Uh, We land. We're on our side. And the first thing I think is. This thing's gonna blow up. Yeah. Like you see the movies, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't know <laughs> it's gonna blow. Yeah, but but you also have a propane tank too. Oh, so yeah, there's yeah. gas, there's propane, and any movie I see, the car flips, it explodes. Totally, it's not what's gonna happen. So it was so cold. I was sleeping in all my clothes. I pop up the side doors at the top. I pop up. I jump out. I'm in the middle of the autobahn. It's pitch black, freezing snow outside. I'm just standing there. Holy and I'm shit. Like, Where's everybody else? Yeah, yeah. Where's it? Nobody pops out of the uh, the thing. I'm like, what's going on? Oh, so like, man. eventually I like climb back up. I look into the little hole. I'm like, what's going on, guys? Todd is like pinned underneath all this wreckage, right? Yo. Sid's out. Todd's pinned underneath this wreckage. I the hop driver. back in. The driver's fine. I, I want to say his name. I don't want to put anyone on blast. He's high. He's him. chilling. I think his name was Corty. But I, but if, okay. if it wasn't you, Corti, I apologize. Okay. But if it was Corti, you need more sleep. Wow. <laughs> you need more sleep. Don't fall asleep with a band on the Autobahn. Jesus. So like, it, it, it's pretty, wow. it, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So he's pinned. He's pinned by this wood. And so like, we, we get him out and it's insane because. Is he, he hurt? He hurt his pinky. I think a nail poked him. So it's but but Rick and Mike, who were in the other bunk, the whole shower, which was all glass, would have collapsed on them. Yeah. So we're like, thank God those guys decided to get on that bus because they would have been sliced. So we get out on the autobahn. Cops finally come. Sid actually was born in Germany, so he speaks German, and he's like. I forgot. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's from just outside of uh, Essen, I believe. And um, so we're in the in the cop car. They're taking us, I guess, to Berlin. And they're t- the cops are talking shit about us, and yeah. he he knows. Yeah, he's like, oh, these guys are drunk or whatever. Right, right. And Sid's like, oh, I know what they say. And so like, Todd's pinky friggin' hurts. Sid can't <laughs> Sid can't move his neck. He's got like oh. we call it tweak neck. And so like, me and Todd are like on one side, and Sid's like another but he can't look at us and we're making him laugh and we're all just like kind of busting up um the next morning 
you know, Mark is just furious. Oh, Mark, I mean, yeah. and, and, and who, who, if you don't know what Mark looks like, this is kind of part of it. It's not somebody you want mad at you. Right. No. He's like Andre the Giant. He's bigger he, than you, Derek. Yeah. yeah. You know him, Derek. Knows yeah, him. he's for the he, listeners. He's huge. He looks like a he's wide. Like, like a monster. Yeah. Like literally looks like a, yeah. a an a ogre. That, he's the biggest vegan on the planet. Yeah. Smash you with beast. with one hand. Yeah. Yeah. Hulk smash. He definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so he just super pissed at our driver. We we go back and get our gear and just the entire inside of the RV is threat. I have photos. It wow. just demolished. Totally demolished. You're so lucky. Yes. So super lucky. lucky. Dude. We go to Berlin, play a show. It's sick of it all. Strife and Madball. And that was our first time seeing Madball. Wow. Madball didn't didn't tour like they do now. They never no. went to the West Coast. No. So we're seeing Mad, Madball. It's probably Matt Henderson still in the band, Sick. you know. And Great lineup, man. We play this awesome show. Where was it at? I don't even know. Okay. Was SO36 back then or no? Yes. I think it, it was, but okay, yeah. I feel like it wasn't SO36. Okay. I feel like it was like kind of like this warehousey vibe. Okay. Um, but it, but it may have been, you know, it, yeah. it, it may have been, but it like my memory of it isn't what I remember. So yeah, you have so a good still. memory. I can. Yeah. Right, yeah. So like um, we do this, the show and it, and it's awesome. And you know, so it was a very um, crazy tour for us. Um, and I don't even remember what we ended up touring in after that camper. Yeah. Camper flipped. Like, I don't even, I guess we had to get a new, a new bus. Wow, or whatever, man. not a bus, but yeah, a new, yeah. like little. I think they had like those little mini mini buses. Then maybe we had, <laughs> yeah. you know, I remember um, the mini buses. Yeah, beat the street back. Beat then. the street. We, yeah, I've got a good one that we'll we'll get to if we have time. Uh, beat the street could be a podcast exclusive too. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's the a good, same tour now. Different tour, touring with uh, pre Derek Sepultura. We we. We did the uh, Roots tour. Um, oh wow! Bloody Roots! Wow! The Roots tour and the last, the last shows with Max and okay. e and Igor together in in the band. We played the last show. Yeah, ever. Igor is a big Strife fan. So big, how yeah. how did that come into existence? Like even getting on that tour. Okay, well let's. How, oh yeah, let's e go Igor back. is a fan. I know that for yeah, sure. Yeah, but I'll, I'll get there because right. it's, it's a cool story. Um, but yeah, so we do this this sick of it all tour, and it's it's our first time in Europe, and it's crazy, you know. It, things are so much different now. It's like, okay, there's a euro. You can have the same money almost yeah, everywhere oh, you go. Right, it's like right. every country you go, you're you're exchanging money. Um, and right. you're, you're playing. Which marks. Yeah. And you're playing these venues and everybody's smoking inside. Bro. I swear. Brutal. Like our, our third show, we play this venue and it's just a cloud of smoke. And my skin is burning. Like that never eyes happened. are burning. Yeah, yeah. It, it was crazy. And then it's like, oh, you wanna? I remember we played some show up in in Scandinavia, and it's like sick of it. I was like, oh, you could go use our hotel to shower. And I and I made a phone call. I had change, <laughs> and I made this phone call that ended up. I don't know if it cost me fifty bucks or something. Yeah. But I I put change they had in the hotel. You could put change in the in the phone. But then like, I think. They charge you after you. You need to change to activate. Yeah. I don't know what I was doing. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, you owe me this money." I'm like, "Okay, I don't know. I put the money in, <laughs> but you know, if like you wanted to call home, you were you were spending yeah. some sort of crazy money. Um, there's no internet, but but it was awesome. And those like those sick of it all guys were so so cool to us. 
as, you know, these crazy little kids from the West Coast and super helpful to our band and yeah. to our, our career. And, you know, I definitely want to thank them because um, definitely wouldn't be the band we are without yeah, them I taking, love that, man. taking yeah. a chance. Yeah, so, so that record totally put you guys on the map. The one truth one for yeah. sure, and the video too, everything. Yeah, man. we did the vi- we did the VHS, and yeah. and I think what really separated us from the other bands on the West Coast is we just got in the van and toured. Like, you know, our contemporaries from the West Coast weren't touring. You know, maybe they did one U.S. tour and some yeah. East Coast dates, but like we were heavily grinding. Hit, man. Yeah, we were grinding. Um, and your sound too, you sounded a very East Coast influence too. It was harder. True. It was and, harder, and we were one of the few bands that really playing fast at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Sid was a great drummer and, you know, so it, we had a different vibe. Um, and so back to the Sepultura thing. So we, we play this show in Phoenix and so we drive to Phoenix, we play this show and it's kind of crazy. It's us and our friends band eyelid. And I, I remember, remember we're, headlining. Yeah. we're headlining and it's, it, it's a cool show. It's like a normal, you know, maybe 200 kids. And I remember our roadie came out at the end and he let off a fire extinguisher or whatever, some, some random thing. <laughs> some so, poor shit. Yeah. And so we're packing up and our merch guy goes, hey, Andrew, someone's at the merch uh, from Sepultura. He wants to talk to you. I'm like, someone from Sepultura? And it's Igor. Were you a fan of Sepultura? Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. We all loved, uh, we all loved Sepultura. And so I was like, what? And it's Igor. Igor was... I guess at the time he might not have even lived in Phoenix. I think Max lived in Phoenix, yeah. yep. but they were they were um, rehearsing for Roots. Right. So Igor came to the show, and he's like, "Dude, my drum tech Kishi. He told me I had to come here. Rest in Rest peace, in Kishi. peace Kishi. Yes. Yeah. He told me I had to buy him a T-shirt, and I was like, "Dude, you're you're not buying shit. Take whatever you want, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, Kishi was a drum tech at the time." Awesome, awesome dude uh, who just passed away in the what last yeah, year. Yeah, and Damn. super sad because he was super sad. Tell me about that. Yeah, she's the man, amazing right. guy. But but he basically told Igor like they're playing in Phoenix. Right, you got to go and get me a T-shirt. And and, and Igor was into hardcore, so yeah. it wasn't like he made him. But like <laughs> Kishi wanted the shirt. Yeah. Who was your solo? I, I I think he did. He probably was. Yeah, I don't remember him being with anybody. <laughs> right, cool. and then. You know, he's like, I'm living in San Diego. Let's hang out. And we're like, yeah, let's go. And and so like we became friends on, on that day. And and then literally it was like, I feel like it was like weeks later. They're like, we're going to Europe. We want you to come. And we're like, uh, okay. And, and it was like the tour was announced even before we were added on it. And we had to like figure it out with our label, like, like how we were going to yeah. pay to get there and yeah, yeah. travel. That, what year was that? That was like 96. Oh, yeah. Sure, okay. Yeah. It was, it was uh fall of 96. It was the roots tour Damn. and it was insane. We were playing uh, like indoor soccer arenas. Wow, like we, man. you know, that was like really the, the peak of Sepultura at that time. Um, and so like we would play, we would play shows and then we'd load out and we'd see like, new buses coming in we're like oh who's that and it's like oh it's kiss kiss is playing here tomorrow kiss Dang. kiss played like three or four of the same venues after us wow uh and the crowds are great for you guys oh it was insane so we, we played we played czech republic and that day we went to um a press conference sepultura got a, a gold record yeah 
uh, for Roots. And then we played this indoor soccer stadium for 15,000 people. Wow. And it was just like, you know, you guys have all played to people like yeah. that. But it's just like, you could see the first row of people and then it's just bodies. Right. And it was just like, you know, we always love that challenge, you know, because there, there would be Strife fans. Of course. But like in the big picture, no. Like, you know, you had your Strife fans up front sing along. But it's, it's like, if we can get this these <laughs> these kids that right. never heard of us to move like so we would just go as hard as we could and really give everything we we could to to win these kids over and and to this day i meet hardcore kids in europe they're like my first hardcore show was seeing you open for sepultura in wales or prague or wherever right awesome yeah and so we played like i I remember a, a show on that tour um, the Zenith in Paris. Yes, I know. Please, crazy, big place, huge, <laughs> huge, it's massive. Yeah, so we we played that. Um, we played that, and we would load in, load in. Sepultura's <laughs> crew would be loading in the lights and the stage and the. Was Sylvia with him then? Yes. Yeah. Sylvia is best. Yeah, and Tony and, uh, and so we'd be playing soccer. You know the Americans against the Brazilians. Not <laughs> a fair, right. not a fair fight. <laughs> not a fair fight. Uh, we play soccer with them every day. And then I remember at that show for some reason, uh, Rob Trujillo from now Metallica. Metallica Back then, yeah. Infectious Su- Grooves. And yeah, suicidal, suicidal. Yeah, Suicidal. He was there hanging out. So uh, like his girl is. Yes. Yes. So okay. you know, of course, being the little shits that we are, we had to harass him with a skit off of. Uh, infectious groove so he'd walk by with like whipped cream you know like just like being little kids entertaining ourselves but it, it was it was incredible and then you know sepultura was traveling with catering full like top of the line so you get like this amazing breakfast and you know we like in paris there was like shrimp five ways like just like Jesus. insane like five-star dining i swear right wow. and, and, and for us we're like oh we're used to the bread and meat yeah. plate with some, with some yeah and some chocolate bars and some chocolate mail right <laughs> so like this, bread, yeah. this was next level and it was just like okay like figuring out the right way to do this like you'd wake up starving but like it's not right to eat before the band so right. we're like hurry up and and wake up paulo and eat your food so, so you can eat so we yeah. can eat because we don't want to be disres- disrespectful totally but we had the very this terrible beat the street driver which we'll get to the to, uh. to the story uh, we called him Robbie Boy. I guess his name was Robbie, um, aka Shit Boy, aka Mushy Stinkin. Uh, he smelled. He, he picked, didn't shower. No, he didn't yeah. shower. He picked us up from the airport in the middle of winter with a broken window, freezing cold. Bruh. We had this beat the street bus that leaked exhaust. We we thought we would die. Like every Damn. night you'd go to sleep, you think you'd die. Um, Robbie Boy wouldn't shower. He would. Wake up and eat before Sepultura right. every day. It's our, our, our stinky bus driver and wouldn't listen to us. And then he would sleep in Todd's bunk. So like Todd had to deal with this, this stinky, um, I think it was Austrian, uh, Austrian bus driver, uh, sleeping in his bunk every day. Um, and it was a nightmare. So That's brutal. halfway, not even halfway first three days of the tour, he doesn't, closed the trailer he loses my guitar which oh. was like this legendary for me les paul i uh, got from mike from outspoken it played on the against the wall record and the outspoken records and a bunch of photos 
loses it like driving through some German village. How do you restrain yeah. yourself from not strangling? This oh, dude, you must. Oh, we we wanted to kill him, and Jesus. so we're like, we gotta we gotta get rid of this guy. Yeah. And it's not going to be nice. Right. Like, we got to get rid of him, but also he's got to pay the price. Yeah. yeah. And he's got to pay the price from 17, 18, 19-year-old jerks who like to punish people. So (laughs) it was bad. So we talked to Victory. and We're like, hey, this isn't going to work. We need it. First of all, it's embarrassing. We have this crappy thing. Right. Second of all, we're going to die from the exhaust fumes. Third of all, it's freezing cold. and We're sleeping in all our cold. And we can't, tr- if he turns on the heat, then we start choking. Yeah. So he can't turn the heat on. He lost our guitar. You got to get rid of him or we're going to probably kill right. him. So they, they, they fire him. We have a new bus driver coming from England with like our, our first time on a real bus. And we're like, Ooh, we can't believe this. This is, yeah. this is the life. And we're like, how are we going to get even with Robbie boy? So one life, one chance exclusive 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 so i I may leave some details out just to protect the innocent yes but basically like we're gonna make i don't remember where we were but he was probably a two-day drive from wherever he had to go and we're like we're gonna make this motherfucker pay (laughs) that guitar was one of a kind can't be replaced he put our lives at risk this guy's gotta pay so we grab a giant trash bag and we go Anyone using the bathroom, don't go in the toilet. Please go in this bag. We collect a trash oh bag full God. of poop. This sounds like my style. Yeah. <laughs> we, we collect this trash bag full of poop from everyone in the band, roadies, like whoever. And in one day? One day. Okay. And, and so we go and we take the bag and we find the most hidden corner under a table and just dump this bag out. Oh my god. And so there's just a bag full of like human shit. Not even a bag. It's just loose human shit in, oh. in this stinky bus. And I'm he's already gagging. Yes. And he's got to drive um two days back to Austria to turn the van. So he he might have even been asleep in the bus at the time. I don't even know. But I remember wow. he's getting ready to leave and he comes out and he's like who is shit boy? Who is shit boy? As if it's one person he could smell it. Who is shit boy? And we're like mad and we're throwing like cokes at it. And we're like, get out of here, Robbie boy. Oh my God. He leaves. Wow. He gets into the bus. He maybe drives eight hour overnight. The bus breaks down. So he's like stuck with shit, with shit in this van. And we're like, oh. karma is a motherfucker. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and there, there was rumors that you know people from Beat the Street were going to show up in Germany or wherever. They're going to get you. Yeah, what yeah, are yeah. they going to do? It didn't happen. They're really? huge. They're huge now. They're Beat huge. The street no, no, is so Beat the Street yeah, is no. huge. But but back then like, it was kind of back then they were janky. It was, so it's like, what are you going to do? Yeah, they were janky correct. for sure. So we got this awesome. Oh um, a bus shows up. It's a real bus. Our first time on a bus, we got this awesome British dude named Steve that owns the company driving us. He's like this hilarious like comedian dude. Awesome. And from there on, we're like, oh, yes, this is the best. Um, so we, we couldn't believe it. Um, we're, be proud of that we're still paying for th- that bus to this day. What? what? I swear to God. I mean, okay. Victory had some very um, tricky accounting, but we've never seen a royalty check from Victory to this day, partially because of that bus on the Sepultura, Sepultura wow. tour. But wouldn't change a thing. The cleaning wow. fees. 
No, not not because of the beat the street. Okay. Because of the fancy bus that we got wow. from from England, like the real most expensive bus in the world, I guess. I guess it, it it's plated in gold, <laughs> plated in gold. We had our own five star caterer, so we can compete yeah. with separate. No, I don't. I don't know. It, it, it's just you know, Fuck, man. Victory is known for their accounting, yeah. and I guess they use that as uh, a way yeah. to, way to not pay us. Yeah. So so in this defiance, was that a victory? That came out on Victory. So that comes out. We, we finished. We do the Sepultura show. It's incredible. You know, um, we play in front of thousands and thousands of people every night. Igor comes out and plays What Will Remain with us. Damn. Every single night. Um, Rick and I go on stage with Sepultura and play We Gotta Know with them every single night. Bro, um, that's hard. It's insane, right? And... Lifelong friendship with, you know, Igor still one of my best friends, you know, um, so cool. I, I travel, you know, not anymore, but I was, I was teching for Igor, um, conspiracy with Cal Cavalera conspiracy yeah. for a number of years. And, you know, I see and Andreas and Paula when they're here, when I can, um, but just like a really great friendship that yeah. was formed and, and I'll still see Andreas to this day. He's got his classic guitar with a stripe sticker, you know, Sick. people tag us on Instagram when they, they see him. Playing I just met that. his son too. He's incredibly talented. I, I saw somebody yeah, well, posted something about him. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like him. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that that's really cool. <laughs> and, and eventually we'll get to the part where we become friends with right. Derek because we're getting close. Yeah. So we <laughs> play, this is insane. So we Sepultura's last show. It's the end of December. Brixton Academy sold out show. It's insane. Nobody knows what's going down. We have no idea. So we do this incredible tour. Sep uh, Sepultura plays the sold-out show. And we come out um, during one of the songs. Like, we'd always come out and do the drums on Rada yeah. Mahata, right? And, and we came out, um, and and we had our face painted like the, the natives on the roots thing. And we, we would... We came out, I think, with like socks on our dicks, like to fuck with them on that day, like yeah. Red Hot Chili Pepper yeah. style. We're like, we're gonna fuck with them as a last tour, yeah. you know. So er everyone tradition. came yeah, out. With touring, that was a big thing. Last you know? Yeah, like do something last crazy. Yeah, so you always come out and try to screw with sick of it all. We silly, everybody does. We silly string yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which photos of Armand? I think on the B side label of Built to Last oh, on the wow. vinyl. Okay. Um. So like, yeah, we do yeah. silly things. So we do that. We go. We. We go out, and then all of a sudden, it's like, we're, we're ready to go to the airport, and we can't find anyone. We're like, we got to say bye to these guys. Are, is somebody mad at us? Like, did we piss somebody off? Like, we finished this 30-day tour and didn't say bye to Igor, wow. Max, Paolo, Gloria, thank you. We, we didn't get to say anything. Um, come to find out later, they were in this heated contract. Their contract with their manager, which was Max's wife, expired that night. Gloria, yeah. And... I guess they had to renegotiate and it didn't go so well. It didn't go so well. And that's wow. That man. is the last, that was the last show. Holy yeah. shit. So you guys played that. We played that and had no idea. And so tours over, Igor comes back. He's in San Diego. We're, we're hanging all the time. And then it's just like, Oh, the band's, you know, Max is out. Yeah. We're looking for singers. So like, I know they auditioned some a few people. Um, the people we know too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we talk about it or not. Have we talked about it before? Have you talked about it? I can't remember when I was on before. I don't. I'm sure I, we did because yeah. I had a to. Admit, I had to, a connection with hardcore. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I, I, I heard one of the top prospects 
was Jorge from Marauder. Yes. Which would have been cool. Loose cannon, obviously. He went to Brazil. Yeah, he went to Brazil. So did you. He went right? before I did. Okay. Yeah. And great voice. Marauder's great. Uh, but loose cannon. So <laughs> Derek. He kept speaking Spanish to them. They're like, yeah. Stop speaking <laughs> <Wow>. Spanish. <laughs> They're like, we don't speak Spanish yeah. here. But, but, um, <laughs> it's yeah. interesting. He, that, yeah. Derek, um, we hear Derek gets a cut. And I was like, oh, we know Derek. Um, Outface. Outface. Alpha Jerk. I had the Alpha Jerk yeah. cassette because my buddy, um, Sean from Toy Box yes. put that out. Sean Toy so Box. I still have that at home. Nice. Um, Alpha Jerk. And then I guess you could. Did you go to Brazil and yeah. start recording? Did you record in Brazil? I or went you to Brazil, in LA? I went to Brazil to do the audition. And then we, right once I got back in, like once I was like, okay, he's in the band. We recorded some in Brazil and then we started recording in LA as well. Yeah. So, okay. So that, yeah. we knew you were in the band. You guys come back out and you start staying at the Oakwoods. Oakwoods yes. is basically <laughs> the border between <laughs> um, Burbank and Hollywood. Yeah. And 15 minutes. Now, the, I, the, I, I guess where I live now, which I probably lived then, it was like a ten minute drive for me. Yeah, the so Oakwood, like notorious Oakwoods, where everybody's staying in L.A. Who was like coming up star? Yeah, actor. like a short term actor. You're here on a you pilot stay at these condos that they rent. Exactly. So we start hanging out all the time. Yeah. You guys, did you guys record at Sound City? Yeah, we yeah. did. Because I remember rehearsals at the Sound City Complex, and I, I, I feel like I must have been to the recording, but definitely, I, I know yeah. we were at the rehearsals all the time, which right. was across the street. You had like the stage built out in there. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, totally. And yeah. Um, and then you guys record there, and we're recording in this Defiance. We recorded in this Defiance at Sound City too. And I think it, Igor produces Toy Box at the time. Toy, toy, yeah, yeah. Uh, toy Shop. Toy Shop. Yeah. Sorry. My apologies to toy my good shoppy. friends in Toy Shop. <laughs> but they recorded at Sound City, too. They were on. That's they had a Roadrunner right. deal. So every, everything's kind of based around that's us true. hanging out at, at Sound City. And I remember that's how Igor, he played drums on a track called Overthrow on, in this Defiance. He just, I think he walked over yeah. from across the street at <laughs> Sepultura rehearsal. That's amazing, man. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I'll do it. So, yeah, so we're hanging out um, super super tight. Um, I, I I have this story, and maybe you, you remember or not, but we went to Magic Mountain one day. Yes. And and it's Igor and maybe you guys. And, and, and so Sid and Igor, they get some churros. Yeah. And... Igor gets food poisoning. Oh, shit. He gets super sick. Did he go to the hospital? I think he had to go to the hospital. Yeah. And so he goes to the hospital, but it happens to be the weekend that Jason Newstead uh, flew out to rehearse for your first show in Brazil. Wow. So, like, Jason Newstead's coming to town, and he's supposed to learn a couple songs to play, and Igor's in the hospital. And I guess Sid has to step up and jam with Sepultura and Jason Newstead. Holy yeah, shit. Which is that's so nerve-wracking. Yeah. Incredible that's though. Amazing, that opportunity though. to be like, I don't know what if you guys like played Roots and a few other songs, I don't really remember. I'm pretty sure it was like refuse, resist. And the thing is, like Jason kept saying 
you know, like to to Igor all the time. Like when the songs were playing, he's like, "Yo, slow it down, man, yeah. slow it down." And he's like, "Yeah," he's like, "I can't help it." He's just like, "It's just the way that yeah. I play and the anxiety." Like Igor is a human metronome, in that he'll play every song twenty BPMs faster than right. supposed. Yeah, yeah, or more. Yeah. Um. But yes. And, and so Sid had to step up, and Sid didn't play double bass, but he had to step up and and have this jam session with Sepultura, wow, and Jason Newstead, which is you know for a drummer that's pretty it's fucking legendary, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty Surreal. pretty legendary and really cool. I think that's a, a pretty pretty cool um, story and one life, one choice, one chance, <laughs> exclusive, exclusive, <laughs> exclusive, exclusive. Yeah. So. Um, no, I think that's a really, really cool story. Hell yeah. And so, oh, yeah, you guys so they're getting together. ready. Did you do like the shows under the other name before you did the Brazil show? Troops of Doom. Yes. Yeah. So they do these secret Sepultura shows. Yeah. And it's your first show. Yeah. My and first it's show. called Troops of, Troops of Doom. They played uh, House of Blues in LA. Yeah. yeah. And when some venue in San Diego. They played Brick by Brick. Brick by Brick. And of course, we go to those shows and, you know, awesome. And then they're like, dude, we're doing a, was it a free show in, in Brazil? Yes. So we're doing a oh, the first right. show with Derek in Brazil. It's going to be free. And we're like, oh, we're going. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like four of us. It's like 20,000 people. Four, wow, yeah, to, yeah, to 20,000 people. I mean, must have been nerve wracking. Totally. To that was Derek. your first show? Mackie was there. In Brazil. Yeah, yeah. Mackie was, was there. What was Mackie doing there? He was Playing with Supla, this guy oh, yeah, that used to hang out at shows Supla in from New York. York. I know with the bleach there. Yeah. But yeah. but like kind of everyone with Jason Newstead was there. Mike, Mike Patton, Patton was there. Wow. The Javantes tribe was yeah, there. The like entire Indian tribe. Yeah. So <laughs> it was insane. But this so your first show? First show in Brazil. Bro. So so okay, so listen to this. So Strife had these shows in Hawaii and and we were on the airplane to go to Hawaii and they're like Okay, who whoever gives up their ticket can get a free round trip ticket to anywhere United flies. And we're like, What? We'll take that. So we we don't go to Hawaii the first day. We get on flights the next day. We have these ticket vouchers. That's how I got to Brazil to see Sepultura Yo, for free. Are you kidding yes. me? And, That's insane. Yeah, so we had these free tickets. We had a layover in New York. It was me, it was my friend Jesse Politao. Um, it was our old roadie. Todd Todd flew out there with his buddy. My my good friend Carlos came with me. So we get and and I think everyone gets there on these free ticket vouchers from our canceled Hawaii um, <laughs> flight. So you know because I couldn't afford a flight to yeah. Brazil at that time. So we fly to New York. I remember we meet. Uh, if, do you remember Richard Bay, the Richard Bay Show? Yeah, we met Richard Bay on the airplane. We have photos with Richard Bay. We're in some music video at. at uh, he was like the at, half, like half version of Jerry Springer. Spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. bootleg version. We, bootleg, yeah. We're in some some music video at um, one of the one of the big parks there, and then we go to Brazil. And we and we fly to Brazil, and this is crazy. Nobody has cell phones. No. And we're taking this weird chance. We're flying to Brazil. We don't know where the fuck we're going. Damn. I don't, like, I have no idea. No map quest. Nothing. Supposedly, I had a phone number for Igor's hotel. Wow. <laughs> and so <laughs> we, we get on this flight. We land, and we're in Sao Paulo. And I'm trying to call this hotel, and I can't get through. 
difficult. And of course, it's like Igor's visiting his family. Yeah, Nobody right. has a cell phone. He's with sing. He's checking in under a fake name, which yeah, I won't yeah, give oh, on yeah, air, right. yeah, yeah. Um, because he may still use it. Um, so we're like, we're at the airport. I'm like, I don't know what to do. We're 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 at the airport in um, in Sao Paulo. And so I see these hardcore kids come up like, hey, strive, strive. We're like, huh? T- it turns out Graham from Shelter yeah. was on our flight. Shout out to Graham. Graham, this is crazy. Yes. <laughs> Graham did a tour in Brazil with Shelter, fell in love with this girl who was like straight up in a village. Of course. In a village in, in Sao Paulo. Wow. Like no cell phone, yeah. nothing like, like straight up like crazy he fell in love with this girl and was going to visit her and these two hardcore kids came to pick him up and they're like krishna they're straight edge you're like strive wow. you and i'm like do we can't get a hold of our friends like come with us they we, we go with these kids we um they take us they're like we're gonna get you some food we go to like some krishna temple and we're eating krishna Amazing, food with graham man. and we're staying with these these straight edge kids and we go to we go to their apartment and it's like they're in this cool band called Point of No Return. Like they're oh, like yeah. the South American uh, Path of Resistance. They got wow. three singers, and that's so cool. We're hanging out with these these kids. <laughs> One of them speaks English. That's it. And so like I'm trying to speak my uh, I can speak Spanish a little bit. I'm speaking Spanish and they can understand and yeah. I can understand if they speak slow. Um, and we're communicating to this kid. One kid's uh, Carlota. I think he's. I think he was in uh, Point of No Return. Uh, there was this kid we nicknamed Bafa Dos, who's named after our friend who we called Bafa here. They look the same. Uh, there's this Krishna kid. And uh, they all live in this little apartment. And so wow. we stay with them. Thank God. We go to like a crazy like uh, underground hardcore show to see Point of No Return in Sao Paulo. And it takes us like four days to find Igor or at Sepultura. <laughs> like we, we try the payphone every few days. Oh my god. And we Yo. finally get a hold of him. And I remember That's incredible. Yeah, it's insane. insane. We could have been insane. just stranded in Sao Paulo. Like, you know, like we did you know, that's the power of hardcore, I guess. Yeah, right? Yeah, like beautiful. Yeah. You have family around the world, kids willing to so go out language. on a limb, take you in. Take you in. Make sure you're okay. It's fucking amazing. And 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 thank God, right? It's beautiful. Because we Yo. we could have been kidnapped. Oh my and, god. And you know, I I, I could have been a, a kingpin in the favela right now oh or something. God. Who who knows? Who knows? Probably <laughs> unlikely. Yeah, but. <laughs> probably on. I, I might have gotten the microwave in right. the uh, in the favela. Oh uh, man. That's when they put uh, put tires around you. Oh, and, and light you on fire. Oh shit! So they can't that. find any remains. Wow! And that's yeah. a true story yeah. that they do to beneath people. the remains. Yeah, pretty brutal. So, yeah. so all good. Right, cool. So uh, we wow. we finally get a hold of Sepultura. We go to this crazy outdoor show to see Derek's first show, and it's insane. Twenty thousand people. Everyone's weird. Like, you know, <laughs> first show. Metalheads in in Brazil. Yeah. Next level to yeah. see their hometown heroes for free yeah for so free, you bring a can of food so we're at the show we're we're loving it i got photos of all of the show oh, I'll, I'll give you some it's like oh, kids man. in the pit they're lighting fires but oh, yeah. there's a second okay the, the show's going on halfway through the show stops everyone's speaking portuguese we're like what's going on what's going on and i think uh 
Carlinos Brown was on stage doing a song with you guys yes. at the time. They stopped the set, and, and I was like, what's going on? They're like, oh, they just received a package on stage. It's this guy's finger. There's a human finger in this package, and he's going to kill himself, right? It was, what? I mean, it was like completely blown out. Like somebody said that some kid was going to kill himself, and and he was in the audience or yeah, something. But I heard there was a finger in the package that I, was I, on stage. I don't believe there there was a finger. It was a lot of things just like, you know, how like the word of mouth, it changes. Well, this was like a live translation from a Brazilian that was next to me that the guy reading the letter was, yeah. was saying, I'm like, what's they're, going on? He's they're, like, they're tripping. They I mean, found the letter. That, there's, a, there's a human finger. He is going to end his life in the next 15 minutes. In the crowd? In the crowd. Like crazy, yeah. like and so then crazy. Carlinos Brown proceeds. He's a famous Brazilian artist. There, he plays like every instrument. He's from the north of Brazil. He's awesome. Um, I think he's on The Voice now. Like the, really, the Brazilian voice. Wow. Yeah, he is. And so then he's like he grabs a mic and he's like, "Where are you?" I can't remember the kid's name. He's like, "Carlos, <laughs> Carlos." I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" They're like, yeah, some kid wants to kill himself, and he wrote like a letter or something, and they're trying to find him in the audience. Like, don't do it, you know. And then we're like, yo, the show, you know. I would, like, I would have grabbed that dude and floated his ass up to the front of the stage, right? Just like, want, here you go. They wanted. I mean, they wanted. They were. Everyone was pissed. Man. Yeah, like the product. Everyone. They were just. And like, this, Get your, off and the this mic. your first show. Yeah, first show. Yeah, it was, it, like, it was oh intense. My. And then they had like the full uh, tribe. They flew the yes. tribe out. And and they, uh, you could see it in their face. They'd never seen anything like this. They've never been to a city. Yeah, I mean, it's probably their first time on a plane. If they were on a plane, or wow, they, never, we, they they couldn't take the strobe lights. We had to turn everything to like a straight light. Wow. And they were gonna do this dance, and they were not used to being above ground. Oh wow! So it was on stage. So they were like, "We need to be touching the earth." Yeah, you know, like that's our connection. Holy with the, the planet. shit! You know, they were just. Re it was really tripped out. So you could see a video of that online. Like I know, yeah. I know, I watch it, and they just had this look of bewilderment and awe, and pretty incredible to yeah. see something like that, like the first time in a for these these humans to be in yeah. a city yeah. to these tribal people to see a city to see a crowd of twenty thousand. People to hear a roar, to hear the loud tripping, music, tripping on everything. Like, they were just like pointing, looking, you know, yeah. like at everything. Just like it's crazy, you got to be there too, Andrew. Be, yes, we witnessed that his first show. Oh, it, it was it was incredible. Wow, twenty thousand people, man. Yeah. How nervous were you? Very. I was like literally like I remember I was like I got a shit like. <laughs> <laughs> You got just turtle like, head. Like spray. I was like, oh, my God. Turtle head on stage. Yeah, it was like, I mean, I would just remember before the show, running into Mackie, yeah. who was happened to be out there. He's like, oh, man. Kill that shit, and he'd bro. And kill it. And I was just like, oh, man, you got to do this. I had a Cro-Mag shirt on my one that I wore. First show that I ever went to. Oh, wow. I was wearing it. You know, it was all tattered up. It was like your token entry shirt. You exactly. answered the door. Yeah. Falling, apart. Yeah. <laughs> Falling apart, like literally off of me. It was, and how was the crowd? I insane incredible incredible you got man. a new warm warm it's like response. Yeah. There, there's there's this legendary video of sepultura from mexico city like their first time ever this. or something yeah. that i i love to watch on youtube and i'm just like i wish i could experience the the, <laughs> the 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 fever of a crowd like this but that was it like yeah like like sepultura in brazil Derek free show Derek's first time and it was just incredible like you could never duplicate that yeah. Again, 
It must have been magical for you, like your first biggest show I ever played it in was your life. In, it was insane, man. I'll never, I'll never forget it because there was so many like emotions. Like everyone's crying on stage. Like we don't even wow. know if the band will be able to continue. If people are gonna really be into it. You know, but yeah, I mean that was the test, right? Yeah, that was yeah. the test. Like, if people are people going to show up? Are they not going to show yeah, up? Are they going to be like, boo? Are they going to res- get off the stage? Nothing American. like that. Are they? Yeah, are they going to respect the American who doesn't right. speak our language? Right. Like, and so after, big shoes. after that show, you're like, damn, this is it. Like, yeah, it was like we felt like okay, we can we can do this. You yeah. Know? Well, like, and how long had it been since Separatory played there with Maxine? Long time. Okay. Because they didn't tour Brazil that much. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I'm not going to say. Why? But yeah, I mean, yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like a homecoming for the band who yeah. hadn't been there in years. Yeah, as well. Yeah, and and, and like, you know, the, yeah. the hometown heroes. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, with a brand new singer from America. Yeah, yeah. but that support, you know, was a brand new support. seven foot tall singer. With dreads. Was, That's right. Yeah, I mean, it was it was insane. I mean, it was really cool though. Predator. The Predator yeah. was my nickname. <laughs> That's what they called you. Yeah, right? That was the like, Brazilian oh, nickname. The predator. Yeah, Predator. He is here. The Predator. And so, so the show goes off. We we connect with the band. I finally have a contact, and then I'm like, okay, we're going from this squat with these Brazilian hardcore kids, and we're staying in Sepultura's hotel. Like we we, we got to stay in like Silvio's hotel room when he nice. when he moved. Yeah, I think we accidentally ran up a food uh, a, a room service bill that he was mad at us about. As you should. We we paid him back <laughs> since then. Okay, it wasn't even me, but. We did that, and then you guys had a bunch of show, TV show appearances. Yeah, that I don't know if you remember, but we went to all of them. You went to every. Wow. Yeah, so we would be like in the crowd on, on Brazilian live TV, <laughs> and they would be like hand out a mic for these people to ask questions in Portuguese, and, and and like oh, that's right. I would get the mic and and ask them a question in in English, and like everyone was like so stunned that there was like an American wow. there asking yeah. these questions. It was really, it was really fun. I have photos from that too. That was, that's right. And, yeah. And Mike Patton came and said, yeah, yeah. yeah. The shows with us too. Cause the audience were like, none of them. Most of the time they weren't really in the metal. They no, were like, they were just like regular little kids. They were just like, regular oh, people. oh my God. Yeah. Reg- regular people seeing you guys, you know, it's probably like the Ricky Lake show of the yeah, time or the view. It was the Brazilian view. <laughs> Damn. Um, and you know they weren't definitely weren't expecting a, uh, an American to ask a question in no, English. I remember all. it was like a really big deal. I answered a question and was looking at me, and people are laughing. How, how or long? Something. Did, how long did you stay there until? We must have been there like two weeks or something. Right. Yeah. Right. Like we got that free ticket. We're we're putting that thing to use. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. And that was our first time. I didn't know that you got the ticket that way. Yeah. That's and that was our first time in Brazil. And it could have went very. Poorly, yes, could have went absolutely. very bad, yeah. especially back then. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, no cell phone, no internet, wow. no nothing. And we're like, we're taking this leap of faith, and you know, we're we're gonna make it work. That's uh, fucking crazy, man. And it was awesome. That's amazing. And, and and you know, and then since then, again, like that friendship that we 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 formed in the nineties. Continue, yeah, continues to this day. So it's awesome to be here with you again, yeah, Mister. I Darren. know, man. You, man. And Strife still playing and fucking. Yeah, it's yep. crazy. The California takeover I saw last year, right before yeah, the pandemic. Like, I it was January. Tour, I saw you there, so I ran into you there. Yeah, at the LA show, and that was that. That was incredible, man. Too. That was fun. That was a good time. Your buddy Moby um, gave some big ups on, oh, on the that's Instagram. Right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Toby and Moby, the dyda- Toby dynamic and Moby. Du- um, duo. And, and then, and then come for and so 
there's so much more to talk about you, but um, <laughs> but also like so so you're the only straight edge member in Strife at this only moment. Straight edge member, yes. Technically, I'm the only straight edge member. Um, sh- I, I would say our members. Once we broke up in the '90s, yeah, um, everyone kind of just did their own thing. And what year was that? Uh, I would say like '98. Um, we officially broke up. And what was it? Wh- and why that happened? Just like too much pressure of being like a real band and having that be like your source of income. And, and was it your source of income for a while, right? We, we, yeah. It's, you know, you get to a point where you're in a band. It's like, there's only so many times you're going to quit your job, go on tour yeah. and get another job before you quit your job and go on tour. Right. 100%. So, so it's just like, okay, we all quit our jobs. We all had, um, apartments. We all had bills to pay. We had whatever insurance. And then it's like, Oh, you're going to go on tour. And you're going to be on tour for, you know, we, we, we toured a lot. So we, did. we would do like, you know, five, six months out of the year spread out. Right. And it's like, you're going to go on tour. And then these kids are mad at you because you're have a thousand dollar guarantee. Right. Like, you know, we had kids like <laughs> seriously, these kids made a T-shirt that said uh, strife with a dollar sign to the bank. And it showed our guarantee. Uh, it was a thousand dollars a night. On, and and it's like, prayer. you know, we, we would play Give these, me a break. we would play these uh, so shows out. and we, you know, there'd be 500 people a night there paying uh, $10 a head or whatever. Right. That's five grand. So, so if we didn't get that thousand dollars, like you just want the promoter to get the, I know all, man. all the money. Like, where do you want this money to they, go? They don't know do the, you want to support your the right. band yeah. you love? And yeah. it's like, you know, we got into fights with people. They would be like, why do you have this guarantee? We're like, well, we have van, we have the gas, we have to rent a U-Haul or gear. And like, but you don't need your gear. You don't need this nice gear. Chokehold practice. They come with practice amps and they sleep on top of their amp. And we're like, right. a, we're not chokehold. Chokehold. B, we don't want to sound like chokehold. Right. And it's like, yeah, we we got nice equipment because we want to sound, sound good. good. We take ourselves seriously as a band. And and yes, we we have a U-Haul because we're not going to sleep on our gear and right. and 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 get in a crash like you know other other bands and put our lives at risk. And no, a thousand dollars is not a lot to ask when you're bringing 500 it's people a night. It's yeah, and, and it was just like, you know, we were getting in, in not, not physical fights. Like uh, strife as a band kept it really cool with everybody. Yeah. Like, like, you know, we never had, you know, if, if we had issues with other bands, I guess it was somewhat called for. Um, but we would always go and we'd be friends with the rival hardcore gangs or we'd be friends with, the, the scary bands, the cool bands, the indie yeah. bands, the ska band, whatever. Because right. you liked all the music anyway. Yes. Yeah. Like, we were just like, cool. We we're just cool kids and and, and making friends. Um, but, like, it, hardcore at that time was like, you know, they were mad if you... They thought Victory was a major label. Yeah. So, they were mad we were on Victory. And they were mad that our record was in a record store that wasn't... <laughs> Uh, we had a video. Yeah. You, oh, people were mad. You had to add an alternative press. <laughs> yes. Oh, people were mad about that. Victory video. was doing full page ads back then. Yeah, oh, yeah. Full page yeah. ads. Right. Um, a few bands did get mad. There was this adult magazine done by Big Brother. Do you remember? Oh yeah. I don't remember what. It was I remember called. Big Brother. Yeah. Well, Big Brother was owned by Hustler. Yeah. And know then they had on, this yeah. magazine that was a crossover. It was like music and skateboarding and adult yeah. content. I, I can't remember the name. But Victory did some ads in that, and that caused a big, uh, a big stink, um, as well, which I guess is somewhat understandable. Did anybody ever say anything to your face? Um, we have arguments about again, like your guarantee. Our kids would make their 
their shirts or pa- it's pass out flyers. Like, this is pre-internet kind of shit. Yeah, oh, pre, pre-internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think people were just like kind of burnt on that. It's like, yo, we, we want to do our, do our shit. We want to be in a band. It's like now kids don't complain. You know, Turnstiles on tour with su- Suicide Boys playing stadiums. It's amazing. And s- selling a hoodie for $65. Like yeah. nobody cares and good because they shouldn't, right? Yeah, and they're on Roadrunner Records. And it's actually none of their business how and much you're guaranteed. I know. That's right. Dude. It's like really like I, I I don't look at your pay stub yeah, exactly. from from what you're doing. Right. But but kids wanted to make it their business. Like of that, course. that was their yeah. thing. And so I think everyone was kind of burnt. Um everyone kind of went their own way. I stayed straight edge. There's members of the band now that, you know, don't do anything that are technically straight edge. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um not xing up right but like um, yeah yeah i you know i I like to think as a band like strife was a strange band we made it very clear we're a strange band but we tried to be more than just a straight edge band like we didn't have a ton of songs about straight edge like we were about inclusion really like and we wanted like a chain of strain thing was all straight edge yeah Yeah. we, we wanted to appeal to uh metalheads and And you did kids yeah and it's like accomplish that of course, and, and that's the only way w- that you're going to grow the hardcore scene. 100%. The only way you're going to really spread a positive message is by putting that message out there for in front of people who may not know your message yeah. that aren't familiar. So you know, we we did shows with Descendants, we did shows with Dancehall Crashers, we awesome. did shows with uh, Incubus, Ooh. Voodoo Glow Skulls, right? And like you know, I meet kids like. There's there's this kid Brian who plays in a big band now called Zababa like um, yep and they're 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 like a death metal influenced hardcore band and he's like my first hardcore show I saw was Strife opening up for Descendants and Guttermouth that's a sick and look show. at him now right you know yeah or awesome. Todd Jones who was in Carry On and Terror and Nails first hardcore band he saw was Strife opening up for Pennywise wow so like you know seeing that I love those it, diverse builds, influence. Man. And seeing like, oh, I saw this band and then I got into hardcore. Maybe we're not the only band that's responsible for that. But then they go on and they take that and they start their own band. And then they continue that legacy. That's amazing. And that's why you have to do shows like that. And and, and it's like, that's the only way hardcore is going to grow. Straight edge is going to grow or a positive message is going to grow. You can't just preach and convert it forever. You can't. That's why I loved we 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 had we we caught shit too like oh you're gonna open up for the Boston's or for Newfound Glory or for I don't know Story of the Year or fucking we did all those tours back then Boxcar Racer yeah. you used and I, I bet lo- you those lo- were so much fun so much and I love the challenge of like a crowd just staring at you the whole time like never heard you before you know? yeah I will say so we played this show once <laughs> with uh, Dancehall Crashers and Aquabats Travis was still in the band yeah it was in it was some weird place in Riverside we set up. And we're we're selling merch, and before we play, some kids like bought some merch. After they after we played, they tried to return it. <laughs> they must have expected us to have a horn section or something. But I thought that was like pretty uh, pretty hilarious. They're like, oh, we're gonna buy the merch from this band. And it's like, oh, this was not what I was, was expecting. He's like, should I should I should have should have broke out your trumpet from you a kid. I, I should have. I should have. Oh, I want to talk about uh, World Be Free, which I really really it. love, and like. World Be Free is named after that a famous basketball player, right? Is it Lloyd, right. Lloyd Bernard Free? 
World Be Free. It's, it's named after yeah. that basketball player. Yeah, it it's is. really named after. It yeah, is. It is. Yeah, it is. Awesome. And, and that's a, a that, prince of midair. That's a yeah. Sammy thing. He he's like the original like meta world piece. Yeah. So like um. That's yeah, yeah meta. meta. I saw that documentary recently. And that's reminded me of it. Yeah, too. he played on a few teams on the East Coast, and it's funny. Like I have this, I have this buddy, um, who he he's a florist actually, and he grew up in New York, and he went to high school. He's not a hardcore kid, but he went to high school uh, with all the bold kids. Yeah, and he's like, "Yo, world be free, man. That's so cool." When I was a little kid, like you would say that every time you took a shot, like wow. you, you you'd shoot and you'd be like, "World be free." That that means <laughs> like you've got a sick stick fucking jumper or something right, right? Cool, man. um so like there's certain people that would get that reference and be like oh it's a cool basketball reference and other people are like oh it sounds like a cool hardcore band name and that was like something sammy came up with i love it man, man. It's a great um, name. and basically you know the band started like scott vogel and i were super cl- close friends he used to live down the street from me yep and we would always go on hikes and we'd go on hikes and just talk shit. And so he's like, yo, I, I always had this idea of doing like a band that's like fun, like a Gorilla Biscuits type mm-hmm. thing. Like, you know, not a band where people are going to beat each other up and give each other bloody noses. When yeah. We play like a band. People are going to smile. He's like, I, I want to do this band. He's like, I, I thought my buddy um, Joe Garlop, he's also from Buffalo. Like, I thought he would be perfect because he can write some cool kind of Gorilla Biscuit style shit. And I was like, dude, I'm down. Let's let's uh, do it. And he's like, who are we going to get for a drummer? I was like, I was like, I was like, I don't know. I, Sammy lives in Venice. Like I could hit him up. I don't you know. It's like, I know Sammy yeah. like he might want to do it. I, I don't know. So Amazing we, drummer. Yeah. So I hit up Sam. I'm like, hey, you know, me, Scott and Tara, we're, we're thinking of doing this thing like. Maybe you could just like, and I approached like this, like, hey, maybe you can just like, we'll write the songs. You can just come up to the studio, record them real quick in a day, like make it something super easy for you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, oh, that sounds cool. He's like, he's like, he's like, I'll only do it if I could like be in the band and right. write the songs with you and actually be a part. He's like, you know, he's like, I want to, I want to be like a part of the band. Yeah, respect. So we're like cool you're in like you know what i mean it's like <laughs> one of the best hardcore drummers of, ever of all time uh, no sick. no brainer it's like n- nobody's gonna be able to pull that off uh so we start this band and we start writing songs and you know figure bring out our style and yeah. so like you know and figuring out like how's scott gonna sound on this because he sounds right. great he reminds me like uh He's got an Ian McKay vibe. He does. So he's got an Embrace, Minor Threat vibe. I was so, so we, we recorded a, like a little two-song uh, demo. We record we would record our practices, and then we'd go and just do overdubs at home. And Scott came in and, and sang on two of the songs. I was like, yo, he sounds like fucking Ian. Like, this Crazy, could be man. sick. So basically, we are like, let's do it. We had like... 25 songs that we whittled down i think i think when we recorded the album i want to say there's there might be 14 on the record we recorded 16 or something um and so we wrote the whole album and we're like who's gonna play bass sammy's like let me ask arthur and we're like Mm -hmm. cool so cool there's no better bass player than than arthur especially if you're trying to do that gb you know gb sound like he is the sound of GB. Yep. You know, that bass playing is so, so, so important. Sick. And then Walter came in the mix too, right? He did. So so Arthur comes in and um, we do like two practices with him and then we go in to record mm-hmm. and we kind of do like the whole record live. We're all in a room together. So cool. Oh, wow. We wanted that, you know, 80s energy where everybody's in the same room. That's cool. Um, so we're, we're capturing everything live and then we're 
will listen to the track like okay punch in your bass punch in this all right punch yeah, in the guitars yeah. if there's a mistake but it's like it's basically live that's at, with awesome. with a, a few overdubs mm-hmm. um we record the record scott tracks the the vocals later and um we had this cool little part on this song called i'm done and we're like who could we get who could we get to sing and like walter would be sick <laughs> walter we all love Every band, not Everything just Quicksand, but anything Walter's been in. Um, Genius. Yeah, him. we love. So we kind of like hit him up. He's on tour, I think with Dead Heavens, and they're playing a little show in the at the observatory in the in the small room. And so yeah, I'm like, yo, can you can you do this? Um, he shows up to the, we, we rent a little studio like down the street. Perfect. Uh, he shows up with Drew. Drew blows up the bathroom over there at this <laughs> practice place. Uh, Walter comes in, sings his thing in like two takes. I'm like in the studio with a random engineer, kind of like producing him, which was insane. And totally. But he just kills it. He comes in, nails it. He's like, cool, see you at the show. And that was it. Like super yeah, easy. fucking awesome. Super awesome. Uh, just like, you know, one of those moments that the kind of like stars align everything yeah. happened he was in town yeah, the record's out. great the anti-circle it's so thank good. you and, and, then, and then the new one too one time for unity that's just an ep though right that's an ep that was 2020 came out yes so um was it hard to get you guys back together it's super hard like <laughs> you know scott's yeah. in a crazy full-time band yeah um sammy reunited every single band he ever played drums in Word. so he's like oh i'm in you today i'm a judge uh, <laughs> shelter's playing i'm doing shelter you know maybe we'll get rival schools together i don't know it's, it's like okay cool well, let's try to practice yeah. like maybe we could do some songs so we start <laughs> writing we'll be free songs and again we we write like 20 songs Damn. and it's like what we're we gonna you know you write most of the songs kind of everybody that's cool like um everybody is super involved sammy writes songs yeah and, um Joe writes songs so that the uh, one time for unity, I wrote the title track and maybe the first two songs, I think on there. Yeah. Um, Joe wrote a full song on there cool. and Sammy wrote a full song. On what there. does Joe live now? He lives out here. Joe's in uh, Honey and Beach. Yeah. And then Scott's back in Buffalo. Scott's back in Buffalo. And then Arthur was getting married and he had a work thing and. Gorilla Biscuits was getting busy again. <laughs> He's like, you know, if I'm going to take time off work, it's going to be with Gorilla Biscuits because mm, yeah, right, big shows and just makes more sense. No, totally. Uh, so I was like, man, we need a good bass player. We can't take a step back from right. Arthur. And so we hit up Alex from Chain, who's like, dope. He's like an incredible multi instrumentalist. Like, plays drums as good as he plays guitar, as good as he plays bass. Yeah. So he plays guitar in Excel. <laughs> He plays bass in Chain of Strength and World Be Free. He played bass in that band Alien Out Farm for a while. Wow. But he was the drummer of Inside Out. Okay. Uh, he was the drummer of Hard Stance. He's an incredible drummer. Okay. So he's just like one of those dudes that can like literally do anything at a super high level. Yeah. Like puts me to shame on guitar and he's a bass player. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> he, he played, he originally played drums with Walter in uh, World's Fastest Car. Oh shit. Okay. And then he went to I think guitar. Okay. So like, you know, if Walter's going to have him as a drummer, you know, he's good. Totally. Yeah. So just, just crazy. And, and, um, he's an awesome bass player. He did a great job and, and kind of took, helped take the band in a different direction. Uh, the new songs are a little more aggressive, which I feel like his bass playing. Yeah. I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. A little darker. Um, 
title track features Chuck Reagan from Hot Water Music. Which Scott's favorite band. Scott's favorite band. That's again. so cool that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Man. And again, it was one of those things. He's like, send me the songs. And he just like nailed it. I love that shit. Um, and, it and, just and, works. And, and he did this cool thing. Like we wanted him to just sing the end. And then he kind of like doubled up on some of the like pre-chorus and the chorus. So it really has that Hot Water Music vibe. Like he did what felt natural to him that yeah. he was used to doing. And it's just like, yo, this is like really has that awesome hot water music vibe so yeah i love it man yeah it, it was very very cool and then also beth hold city what's that come from what's birth hold city so birth hold what is that birth hold city is a band i sing in and so i need to see it because i heard some great things the other day dan was telling me about it like he goes i didn't because he only knows you in like the mild manner like just you're like a mellow kind of cat yeah he's like man he gets aggro and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah dan, dan was at the show the other night that was that was cool but yeah so um that name it's actually the name of the font that every hardcore band oh, uses. like the varsity kind of right yeah ssd oh, the ssd logos Berthold city grill Damn, biscuits logo check you out, bro. chain of strength so it's like a little like i don't know like wow. a designer nerd word but it's like I, I was coming up with a name of a band it's like I don't know. It's hard to come up with a cool name. Is that that's, that's the name generic. of some font, Bertholds? Yeah, it's like, I think it's like this probably German designer's name. Wow. And so like there's a version called City Bold. Yes. And then there's um, German Berthold. I don't know. Wow. And I think it's the dude, the designer's name. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, that's kind of cool. It's kind of different. It's a little weird, but it's. I think it's cool. And, and Is it, it weird just singing? It is weird. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's like... You know, it's, so it's interesting. So Strife breaks up, and we're going to start this band called Anger Means. Yes. And it was originally... Well, that was an EP you guys did too, right? It was an album that we later did at Strife, but originally yeah. it was a band. It was just going to be me and Sid. Sid was going to play drums. I was going to play guitar, and I was going to sing. So I was like, I'm going to sing. And I was like, man, I don't know how to sing. What do I do? So I asked my friend Derek over here, like, how do I prepare to sing? Derek get, gave me a, a tape of these vocal trainings, I think, uh, from... What's her name? Uh, Melissa Cross. Melissa Cross. Yo, Did you do Melissa Zen. Cross at that oh, time? That's the, the homie. Shout out to Melissa Cross. Jim. You know Melissa Cross screaming in Zen. Was it not Melissa Cross? Okay. No. Well, you okay. gave me this tape of these these vocal warmups because I was gonna sing and I didn't know what to do and I would like listen to this tape and try to do it but like that was like my first lesson came from you wow, in a roundabout way. But so we record these songs and I go to sing them and. I don't really understand the recording. I think I'm just gonna be able to go in there and sing right. the song from beginning to end. <laughs> not possible. Not possible. So I go in, I lose my voice, and I'm like, "This ain't, this ain't gonna work." And I kind of like give up singing. And so late later, I'm like, "I want to start these bands. I record these songs. I'm sick of being in these bands where I can't do shit because the singer, the singer, like, Controls. the singer can ve veto anything. Yeah. Like, you, you can't do it without your singer, mm -hmm. right? So it's just like, okay, I'm in this band. We'll be free." Scott's on tour. We can't do these songs because of Scott. Strife, you know, if Rick says no, can't do it. So I was, uh, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to sing. If my band can't do it. I'll, I'll get a guitar player to fill in or whatever, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> we'll figure it out. So I went in and I was like, let me at least give this a, sh a shot. I understand recording now. I'll take it line by line. Like, right, yeah. like I, you know, it's Pro Tools now. Right. It's much different. So I just went in and did line by line. And I was like, oh. This isn't as hard yeah, as I yeah. thought. It's still hard. Don't yeah. get me wrong. <laughs> like there's times you're screaming, you you're, you're about to black no. out. You yeah. know, it, it's you got to do it live. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. And, and so like I 
I got in, I started recording. I got to a point where it's like, I would sing a song a day. I could kind of nail it. Like, oh, I, I finished this track. It took me one hour, super quick. And then we started playing shows. It was hard at first. And then it got easier the more yeah. you do it. Mm-hmm. But then coming back out of this pandemic of like two years of not playing a show, it gets hard again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're like, it's like, did I lose my lung capacity? Uh, I, I never got COVID as far as I know. Yeah. Right. Right. I never got it. But I was like, man, I can't do this as effortlessly as I did before. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like, you really got to go in and build it back up. And I, I'll go in, I rent a practice room, I'll go for an hour and I'll, I'll play MP3s of the songs and sing. So I can wow, sing at full right. volume. And I know a lot of singers don't do that, That's but it's amazing. like, I have to. Um, otherwise, one, I'm going to lose my voice or two, I'm going to black out, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. So like I did that early on before our first shows and I started doing that again. Um, that's and great. it's like, you know, you can go in because not only are you singing, but it's like you're running around, you're jumping around. So how around. many songs you played yeah. the other night, like in a row? Like how many songs in your set? Uh, I think we probably played like 10 songs. Damn, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that felt good? Yeah, yeah. It felt, it felt good. Um, it felt good. Um, we So we have two EPs out. We just recorded an album that'll be out in early January. Um one life, one chance, exclusive. Exclusive. We got a, we got an album. Yo, I, yo, I'll get, give you the title name. When words are not enough. That's the name of the yo, album. Yo, if you want to give me a song, I've been doing this, and it's really, it's really been going great. If you want to give me a song to put at the end of this podcast that nobody's heard, exclusive on here. Exclusive. A lot, a lot of people hear it. Yeah, I yeah. did it with Cavs Band. It went really well. That could be cool. Let me know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We're a little early for the promo, but okay. We might, I'm dying to check it out. Well, I can drop this it. podcast anytime you want. I yeah. drop them every Monday, so whatever you want. Whatever. We'll get it out. I think we got some good stuff in here. Oh, uh, this I is don't want to sit on it too late, too long. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I think we got some some fun stuff yeah. going on in here. No, I'm excited. It's, uh, there's so much, man. Um, fuck, man. <laughs> plus, you're doing real estate, which I really, I feel like I want to do another episode with you just about being a real estate agent because I found it really intrigued by that whole thing. For you sure. I mean? Especially living in California. You know what I mean? Coming from the scene we come from. Our friend Brad Gilbo comes from the same world. So He's you know what's same. crazy is is I don't even know Brad. My friends know Brad. Everyone's yeah. like, Do you know this guy Brad? I'm yeah. like I'm like, no, but like, well, he knows Toby and Chad and he knows this and that. Awesome. He works in Burbank, he works for Keller Williams. I had a listing at um at this at this apartment complex in in Burbank. Yeah. And I had a listing. And Brad had a listing, so there's two signs in front of this thing. Oh, I, I took a picture for Stephen Looker. I was like, "Yo, check this out, me and your buddy, right?" And then my the the owner of the house I was selling was actually this straight edge kid from from Boston, and he met Brad. He's like, "How do you not know Brad? He's just like you, like yeah. this straight edge kid." And then other agents I work with, they're like, "You don't know this guy? How do you not know him? He reminds me of you." Wow. And I'm like, "I don't know this guy." Mad cool. Yeah. So that's gonna meet, dude. Yeah. I, I'm surprised we haven't because I, I work in Toluca Lake that borders Burbank and you know. good friends with R Dub, Davey, all these guys. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And and to be honest, maybe I have met him and just didn't realize you know what I mean, like yeah. through those dudes that were at a show or whatever. Um but yeah, that is a name of, of somebody that that I I do know. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have to do a part two because it's been two hours. But I wanted to I want to go over like you had a store called Tradition. You did stuff with Soul Assassins. You did production stuff working on hip hop. Correct. 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 Um, now you're a real estate agent. There's just like so much. stuff. You know, I had like, a full band with DJ Muggs too. What was that oh, called? Wow. Cross my heart, hope to die. It was wow, like dude. it was like trip hop, kind of Portishead meets Fanagram meets Massive Attack, female singer. Oh, uh, 
really cool. We got two EPs out on um, on Alpha Pup. Uh, you can find it online. I want to check that but out. Really, wow, really man. dark, uh, really cool, really, really cool stuff. Played a couple shows. We did a uh, an art show and, and our first live performance in an art show that we, we did ourselves was at Shepherd Ferry's uh, Gallery Subliminal Projects. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, downtown uh, in, in Echo Park. And yeah, re- really, really cool. And yeah, we did a lot of work with, with mugs and a lot of producing. So. so, and the tradition tour too is like a sneaker store, correct? Sneak, yeah, sneakers, streetwear. Where was that? Uh, that was in Westlake. So, like, really close to where I gr- grew up. And how long did you have that for? Um, about eight years. And wow. we would do like a lot of cool, like, in store performances and art shows. Like, we did this crazy, uh, we did a, a collaboration with, uh, this brand called Accomplice and Raekwon. And we had a in-store performance from Raekwon wow. in the, in the shop. It was, it was insane. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was He's like, playing this weekend. I'm going right, right ghost and Jizza ooh, at the Nova on Sunday. I'll let you know. Yeah. I, I, might, boy show. I may be at that too. Wow. Yeah. I may, yeah, I may it, have dude, there's to so many more I talked to you about. Uh, I take Max to the dentist at two. We leave at like two fifteen. But just, I, I just give talk, me some pliers. I'll take care. No, of I it. want to talk about music. <laughs> the new music you're listening to. There's so many things I want to talk to you about. Like this has been a w- long overdue to have a conversation. I know you for many many years. We sure. always see each other and like briefly hang and talk. But like, yeah, this is amazing. I learned so much about you. This is like you've done a lot. Awesome. And well, continue I, to do a lot. I appreciate the uh, interview. And yeah, I mean, you always got to evolve right you can't yeah. rely on who you were in the past and what you did in the 90s like because who gives a shit yeah. like you know what i mean like <laughs> that time's gone all right that time's yeah. gone so it's cool to look back and reflect on that and celebrate it at times but it's like what are you doing now yeah and, and who That's are you true. now and what represents you and that's why it's like i always play music and it's like i like to play music that represents me now and yeah. you know I'm not just this hardcore kid. I am an entrepreneur, a businessman. I have a record label, War Records. Um, I'm into real estate. Yeah, you just gave me this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like always evolving and, and continue to do more. You just gave me that Ways Away, that Liquid Death song you guys did. It's got Jesse from uh, Stick Your Gun singing in there. Sergi from Sam I Am. Yeah. So they actually recorded like a, a theme song for Liquid, Liquid Death, Death, which I'm, I'm drinking right here. I knew yes. you guys were big. Uh, Big Liquid Death fans. This is I cool. I remember hearing about this. Thought you would uh, appreciate that. Yeah, we put it out. I want to say it was it was probably about a year ago, and and we did like a limited lathe cut record and a limited uh, picture disc seven inch, um, and they did like a cool little like home video horror movie. It's cool. uh, and it was just like a fun little collaboration between Li- Liquid Death War Records. And, and who else is on War Records? Um, we release records from Strife, uh, Berthold City's on it. Uh, we have this awesome band called Fixation from Philadelphia who rule, Reserving Dirt Naps. I re- released some stuff from Terror. Um, this is your label. It's my label. So cool. Yep. Uh, I got this cool kind of DC um, melodic band called Vent Blue. They're from San Diego, but heavily inspired by that revolution. Uh, summer. Summer sound. Evil stuff, yeah, that's awesome. Got a band called Enact um, from Portland. Um, yeah, I'm up to like, so I'm, I'm cool, actually man. releasing, um, my next record comes out November 19th and it's, uh, it's a new California takeover live record. It's oh, called wow. the return awesome. of California From the January show. Yep. Oh, it's shit. called the, the return of California takeover. Film was at that the show? LA show. Dope. Um, so it'll be out, um, vinyl sold out through the label, but there's some copies left at Rev HQ and through, Fuck uh, yeah. Brooklyn vegan and revolver. Um, 
Cortex and Merch Pit overseas. But um, but Damn. it's also a CD and digital, so really really cool. We did did a limited edition vinyl press with like a giant uh, giant twenty four by thirty six poster. So make it just really cool, kind of for people. So it's not like oh, it's just a record. It's like yeah. no, you get the record, you get the poster, you get the crazy looking vinyl, and we put a lot of care into the into the records and and, and what I we do. That, and man. I put out a great record. I I don't know if you checked them out yet. This band called Enforced from Richmond, Virginia. I heard the name. Um, Really cool. Uh, they're about to go on tour next year on uh, the Decibel Tour with Obituary and Municipal Waste. Wow. Uh, they definitely are the band to watch. Like, okay. For metal. I would okay. love to see them on tour with Sepultura in late 2022. Oh, he's giving his pitch right here yeah. for that. That's so it. you got to listen. <laughs> that, I, I put out their first record, um, their last records on, um, their newest records on Century Media. Derek's looking them up right now. Mm-hmm. But. They rip. Okay. They they they're incredible. It's like a um, bolt thrower meets integrity. Um, definitely fills the void that you know Power Trip's no longer a band. Definitely fills mm-hmm. that void. You know, um, without sounding like a carbon copy, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, great live and awesome band. So definitely, definitely check them out. That was a really great record for me. Um, and I should have a repress coming at some point next year. I'm doing a deluxe edition repress as well with um, crazy colored vinyl and another awesome. poster. Because uh, that that's been long sold out. Damn, I appreciate you. Do, you I like you're still in the in the mix and the music, everything, man. I know you're selling houses, putting out records, playing doing, music, doing writing all. records, doing everything, man. It's super awesome, man. Doing it, doing it. We gotta do a part two. I want to do a part <laughs> two with some of that real estate right. life and just more things and. Make Thank sure, you. make yeah. sure Stella ain't farting the whole time. I'm yeah. sorry about that. Oh, it's all good. She, she, she's. So she's for the listeners, this is uh, Andrew Klein. This is gonna be part one, I think. Is this part, is part two one. Hour, two hours and fifteen minutes, but I feel like it was like two minutes because was quick. You're yeah. such a great storyteller, man. You have so many great stories. That was quick and a great memory. Yeah, I, I, I do. Um, my, my aunt has like a photographic memory, so I guess a little <laughs> bit of that uh, <laughs> must have rubbed off on me. Yeah, she, she's actually. Uh, an attorney. Oh, wow. So that works amazing for her in yeah. her field. But yeah, there'll be shows and stuff that people in the band are like, I don't remember anything. I was like, oh, you know, you, you were there, you were wearing that blue shirt, <laughs> and we play with this band, and you're pretty good. Though, we ate memory. this food ahead of time. Yeah, so. Well, I, I, pre- I appreciate everything you put out into the world of music. You inspired so many people with Strife and all the projects you work on. It's awesome, man. You awesome. Be proud. You put a lot of good out in the world, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and I'm looking forward to part two. Me too. I can smell you still from here. You smoke so good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, nice. Is that Will Be Free shirt? No, this is so my contact like Will Be Free. My, yeah. It does actually, Cars. and I wore this in a in a Will Be Free uh, photo shoot. Sick. But my old partner at Tradition, uh, he's got a new brand called Trophy Hunting. Okay. So this is his brand. You might have seen it on Jay Z. Some shots at Jay Z from Damn. a basketball oh, game uh, last weekend. Oh really? Might have seen it on okay. Steph Curry. If you're a Warriors what? fan, yeah, yeah definitely not a Warriors fan. Yeah, but that's, hey. that's amazing. <laughs> but if you want the best basketball player in hey, basketball, hey, hey, shit. hey, hey, take he's it the down man. Yeah. Damn. So yeah, okay. Steph Curry's rocking. But got- yeah, Jay Z was just seen wearing it like last week, which okay. is really cool. Wow. Um, but it like he's a big basketball guy, so it's heavily uh, influenced by it's basketball dope. and sports. And uh, he's a good friend of mine, so I always try to rap. World be free vibe, but, but it does, it does, yeah, and that's definitely. why I rocked it in the world be free. The the promo shots for one time for Unity. I'm, I'm actually wearing this it shirt. That's great. Um, I like it. So it's really cool, cool stuff. So check them out. Trophy hunting. Awesome. Um, yeah. 
All right, thank you, Andrew, so much. Thank you, Derek. Thank you. Thanks, thank everyone. I take my son to the dentist. We're gonna do a part two, like ASAP. I'm gonna. Have, I think I'm gonna drop both of these together. Cool. Because we got. I got another couple hours. I don't know. I could talk to you all day. Um, <laughs> but thank you, Klein. I really appreciate you coming out and your busy, crazy ass life. Thank you. We will sell the house now. I'm down. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye. Yo, yo, Liquid Death. Thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water, love your brand, love what you stand for, love what you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. They have now blessed me with my own code. So if you go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst, stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives.